0: Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Child of Time. I'm your host, Steve Barnes, and we are recapping Dark, Season 2, Episode 8, Endings and Beginnings. That's where we're at now, and I'm here with my co-host. She is from oneofmystories.com. She's Lindsay Dunn. Ahoy, Lindsay. Come on in here.
1: Ahoy, Steve.
0: (laughs) We did it. We watched two seasons of Dark. Season 1 ended really in a way I think I said this on the podcast 10 weeks ago that season one ended um, really satisfactorily like it even if the show had only existed for one season I would have been very happy with Dark and the way it ended and I would have recommended that show season two kind of didn't end the same way did not have like a really satisfying ending I would it would have what I would call like a cliffhanger ending on all parts
1: yeah Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a I think it's what you might call a frustrating ending.
2: Sure, sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps the arc of the season I mean, you could look at many things, but from the perspective of us following Jonas as like our main character, how we started Mm -hmm. with him on the show, his arc started with him sort of moving like getting lost getting lost in time and we've been waiting for him to have a chance to go back home to get to see Marta not stranger Jonas but our Jonas that which which is exactly how Marta thinks of him and Hannah thinks of him Mm -hmm. like this specific form of Jonas and so we finally get that and it seems like happy times are here again, or we're getting something. (laughs) And yet they sort of diverted. The story takes a sharp right turn. Right. Time travel to like multiverse in different worlds. And I remember just feeling frustrated at the end of this season that it felt like they pulled the rug out from us un- a little bit and wow. okay. left us left us out to sea to go back to 839. Eight <laughs> <three nights.
2: laughs> left us
1: stranded and and listless at sea. Okay, and, it, and there was a fairly long delay. I feel like between when season two ended and getting season three, there was a little bit of a of a gap between there. And so you were just like, by the time season three arrived, you had kind of forgotten everything because a lot of things were rushed. And at this last episode, a lot of stuff happens in rapid suggestion, rapid cuts, but it, it wasn't like you said, it doesn't feel like there's any resolution other than life sucks. And especially (laughs) sucks for Jonas.
0: (laughs) I didn't quite have the same feelings. I didn't didn't feel frustrated by it, but I can certainly understand and appreciate that because of, yeah, um, the, the Jonas and Marta ending. But then when I branch out and look at all the other customers, all the other customers um, characters, we, we don't know where any of them are heading. So it doesn't seem like any of them had any sort of um, satisfying conclusion at the end of the season. It was all, well, what's going to happen to them next? What's going to happen to the bunker people? What's going to happen to Stranger Jonas and the three individuals he took with him? Uh, what's going to happen to Katerina? We don't have any conclusions to anything. Um, I think this season, I, I think it may have been a stronger season. I think I may have liked it more in general, but I don't think the ending was necessarily like a satisfying ending. And I think that if I was... One of those people in 2018 watching this last episode, and then I had to wait until June 27th, 2020, for Season 3 to start up. That'd be, that'd be a very long time to wait. And that is probably why we have so much like dark speculation online that we can mine through, especially with Seasons 1 and 2. Um, this is something that, that's interesting to bring up. Um, you've done your written recaps. I'm going to plug you right now. One of our stories.com, you've done written recaps of seasons one and two. Um, people are you know people have been asking you when you're gonna start doing your season three stuff. You're not the only person who's been asked that. I've seen lots of podcasts that will recap seasons one and two, but they haven't recapped season three yet or a lot of people do written recaps like you did and they haven't done season three yet. Back to my plug. <laughs> People, please bookmark Lindsay's website, stories.com. because eventually the plan is um, by November, we're going we're gonna to be rolling into season three. That's our tentative plan, because of course, Wheel of Time starts next week, and that's going to divert my, my attention with James. But we want to come back to season three. Lindsay wants to complete her recap series and be a completionist on our website. Um, and we plan to keep doing this up. So please keep following and subscribe to this podcast or to one of my stories. If you're listening to one of my stories, because for the next few months, of course you you won't hear much from us about dark, but we're going to get right back into it in November. That's the plan (laughs) y'all who knows what will happen between now and November. But when Stevie has a plan, he usually sticks to it. And so that is our tentative plan is to go into this in November. Um, I'll plug this both, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: What else did I want to go into? Yeah, we don't have any listener feedback this week because we recorded our last episode just like two days ago. So nobody's had this episode for episode seven just dropped today. So nobody's had a chance to do any feedback. We're not going to do that. But please stick around for the end of the episode. We're going to talk about our favorite and our least favorites of the entire season this time around. And I've already got mine locked in. I hope Lindsay does. And I guess we're ready to get with the recap. Is that right, Lindsay?
1: I think we're ready. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so the episode opens with a camera ominously panning towards Wyndon. Elizabeth looks up as ashes fall onto the ground. It's like these snowy ashes from yeah. apocalyptic, <laughs> apocalyptic residue. Um, it's it's June, so is it is it oh, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily snowing? It's like when we saw Future Claudia, we saw these like little ash drops falling from the skies. So
0: quite beautiful, but I don't think it's safe.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's safe either. Remember how <laughs> how Hannah was telling Jonas when it rains, that rain has acid in it. That's right. So, yeah. So she's in Winden post apocalypse 2053. Elizabeth digs through the straw and finds a metal box. Inside is the Doppler family photo, the fox hat and some polaroids. They do this to let us know for sure that this is Elizabeth. We've been suspecting it, but no, you no, know, she's never called Elizabeth, right? Like nobody right, calls right. that um, she's probably called the general or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in the photos, Elizabeth joyfully cuddles baby Charlotte. So here's where we also kind of get the answer we've been looking for, which is who who is Charlotte's mother? And it's you not- got that
0: from those photos? Well, these are
1: the. You could, I think you could deduce, and then there's a more firm answer given later on. But these are the same photos that Charlotte was looking at before. And we know that the woman, you know, we're like, oh, this must be Elizabeth. There's the fox hat. This is her stuff. However, yes, you could still remain in oblivion and be like, oh, Elizabeth's (laughs) looking at her family photos just like everybody else has. It might not click into place yet.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at this from um, Heather's perspective. She's the sweet child here because she's never seen the show. And she did not recognize Elizabeth at all. She was like, oh, who's that woman? I guess that's um, Noah's wife. I guess that's Charlotte's mom. But she didn't put the two together, that it was Elizabeth. And I don't blame her because you can't look at those two individuals. I mean, once you know, just like Marta told us last week, once you know, it's obvious. But mm. before you know, you're looking at this short-haired, gruff soldier with, you know, lots of scars on her face, and then you're looking at this clean-faced, blonde-haired woman. Um, I didn't make the connection immediately. I knew who I knew who her mother was, so I knew it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, looking at it through Heather's eyes, she didn't recognize it. So I think that leads me to believe that other viewers probably did not recognize it either.
1: Yeah and sometimes it is hard for me to go back to my mindset of like watching it for the first time so maybe i didn't um recognize it but i do think i guess i think they did a good job picking this woman cuz she does oh yeah she does resemble here francisca in a way you know like yeah. they did a good job finding <laughs> somebody that you would buy being these people are sisters there's this picture of noah and this this baby here. But I thought the, the similarity between Elizabeth and Francisca is quite remarkable.
0: You're right. Yeah.
1: So Elizabeth tenderly touches the picture, her thoughts on that happy time. And then in 2020, adult Charlotte is in bed watching young Elizabeth sleeping in her father's arms. Shots of the mother and daughter are cut together in their respective time periods. So if you didn't realize they were mother and daughter, you would just say, "Well, you realize they're mother and daughter." Um,
0: right. Yes. Long- <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but they're both in these in these like environments and kind of thinking about each other. Charlotte's time period is doing the watching somebody in bed um, <laughs> thing that the <laughs> show loves to do. Uh huh. And it's obvious that they're all worried about it because they're all sleeping in bed together in the in the 2020 time period we have charlotte peter and elizabeth all kind of sticking close together
2: yeah
0: and yeah i like the way they intercut them together and still it it, like you said i mean (laughs) you're supposed to recognize that they're mother and daughter but Instead, you might just remember that they are just only mother and daughter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a different way <laughs> exactly. So continuing on, we have the vo- a voice of Noah is speaking. The beginning is the end, and the end is the beginning. Everything is interconnected, future, past, and present. I couldn't tell her who her mother is, just as I can't tell you what your provision is and what I have to do today. I've reflected on this moment for many years. Now, before they pull back and show us, Mm -hmm. because they're showing us Charlotte and Elizabeth, I almost thought he was talking to Elizabeth until they show us, no, he's talking to his younger self.
0: Right. Same here.
1: Yeah. Yeah um so in 1921 noah is speaking to his younger self in the sick moon to slayer he remembers being in younger noah's shoes that older noah wanted to tell him something now he understands the truth must be concealed from young noah otherwise he will never be able to get to this moment and do what he must do right we're not we're not free in what we do because we're not free in what we desire Noah is articulating a worldview of determinism. Even though he could tell young Noah about Adam's betrayal, he cannot do so now. Otherwise, Noah might choose a different path. Even though without the manipulation of Adam, Noah could possibly have found happiness elsewhere. (laughs) Instead, he binds himself to Adam by maintaining the lie.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I understand that that reasoning. Because... There's a lot of things he doesn't want to tell his younger self. I wrote a few of them down about mm-hmm. bu- building the machine, um, meeting Elizabeth, killing the kids, and his own his own like worldview that he eventually develops.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: These are things he can't share with his younger self because then his younger self will be like, what's the point of building the machine? I'm just going to shortcut it. Who cares? And then he changed the future. But isn't that what Noah kind of would like? A different type of future. I would think so anyway, especially at this point in his life.
1: Yeah. I think for adult Noah, he himself wants more than anything to be reunited with his wife and daughter. Okay. And so for him, he's not ready to give that up, but he thinks like Jonas, the same as Jonas does, Noah thinks it's his provision what he needs to do is destroy Adam. So for him, that becomes the most important thing. If I destroy Adam, then all will be well again. And he would break his younger self free from this and free the world from Adam's control. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> all right. So old Magnus and Francisca come out and report that everything is ready old noah tells young noah to go with them young noah enters the door and follows the old lovers while older noah watches him go
0: yep and yeah we're sure this is Francisca, right they never say so but we're pretty positive it's her red hair magnus's girlfriend right
1: yeah, they they say they don't say so. They're just they're dressed like two Nazis with their gray coat. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> I can see that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what their plan is. I don't I don't really know much about their adult selves at all at this point. Um
1: Yeah. They're just followers. I guess, I
0: guess we'll learn. Yeah.
1: Followers, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, they're I mean they're old school they're high school put they're high school buds with adam you know? <laughs> yeah. they all swam in the, they all swam in the river together. Come on. <laughs> oh the, the lake, excuse me. <laughs> um what comes next is the opening credits and I wanted to point out a couple things that that I only noticed this time in the opening credits.
2: Okay. Is
0: we get a good we get a good shot of um Stranger Jonas's back scars. They show that for a few seconds in mm-hmm. succession. Um they show the jackhammer um tearing up the concrete floor in the uh, power plant, which is a wow. shot that we see later on in this episode. And we also see the white devil's bloody hand, like on, like going to dial the phone. And then she takes her hand away from the phone. We see that in the opening credits too. I just think it's really neat how they take stuff from like episode seven and episode eight. And that's been in the opening credits this whole time. And mm-hmm and now we're getting meaning out of it so i just i just love little details like that i just wanted to point it out
1: yeah it is and it's almost the credits themselves can is are almost a reveal there's a lot of ways that it reveals things that happen later that we can talk about when we start season three cool okay So now we are getting the day of the apocalypse, and we have a countdown clock that starts. Whereas we are, oh. the, most of this episode takes place in one day, and it has this device of telling us how many hours toward, until the apocalypse. So we know the apocalypse is happening, and as the story progresses, they give us these time marks so we can follow the progress of the day. Right something they haven't really done before. At the Conwald house, stranger Jonas looks nervously at a clock. It reads 9.23. He opens Hannah's metal box. He finds the passport and the gun and removes the gun. He glances at the spot on the floor and then puts the gun into the back of his pants walking out of the house.
0: Yeah, I don't really have much to to offer to say there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because we're—it's we're, just we're just getting started. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like they—it's like they are being kind of obvious about like this spot on the floor. Make sure you notice it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's been pointed out every every episode, I believe. He looks over there at it. Yes.
1: Yeah. So young Jonas talks to middle-aged Claudia. He explains that his future self tried to close the wormhole to reverse everything. And this is something I think I didn't appreciate before: is that if you've kind of lost some of these plot details, you're sort of getting a reminder about this plot point, right? That (laughs) happened. So he's, but they do it in a way that he's telling Claudia, but he's kind of reminding the viewers too (laughs) that um, the future self tried to close the wormhole to reverse everything. That he shut the passage, but did not break the loop. But since older Claudia said that small changes were possible, he will be successful this time. And this played a little odd to me because I wasn't sure exactly what his logic is here. You know, since older Claudia told me that small changes are possible, that means I'll succeed. That's like a little bit of a jump in logic that (laughs) Jonas is making. Maybe he thinks Claudia is, Claudia was trying to, you know, hinted something. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's still learning too. I mean, yeah. he's, he's older and wiser than he used to be, but he's not stranger Jonas yet. So he's getting there, but yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't really follow this logic either. I mean, I follow his logic, but I just don't know this huge leap that he made. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, once again, though, I, I love the fact that he is teaching her something that she has taught him at another period
1: in time. Yeah. And his affect his emotional affect here is really strange. We're definitely getting a different Jonas yeah. than like the cold dead fish Jonas that you talked about um <laughs> in, in the scene in the rain. Um he, this this Jonas seems colder and more methodical and we remember that in the last episode he went with Claudia after he was unable to save his father. So perhaps the pain at not being able to save his father has scarred his heart and made him more impervious. And it almost feels like we're seeing a shadow of Adam appear in this Jonas because he's not the brooding, romantic Jonas anymore that's just staring wistfully into the sky. He seems a lot more purposeful and the steps he's taking and as he's talking to people just much more cold and military almost
0: <laughs> yeah i guess so he he definitely is i was wondering if maybe he was kind of like trying to like mimic adam um the way that he and stranger Jonas like to mimic each other the actors that is so yeah i was kind of wondering if maybe he was trying to take a page from adam's book He's been influenced by Adam here kind of recently, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but no, he's mad at Adam at this point, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he doesn't stay stoic throughout the episode. No, but no, he he's does not. He's closer to that more like robotic, logical guy than, uh, which is going to make you appreciate the acting of, of Lewis Hoffman and the different versions of of Jonas he's had to play in the show. So as he's doing this speech, the camera pulls out to reveal they are conversing inside the caves facing the wall of yellow barrels. Jonas says that big and small things operate with different rules. Maybe nothing big can be altered, but small things can. We're changing a grain of sand. And as he makes the speech, he opens one of the yellow barrels. Now, this part was a little confusing to me because we've seen people open the barrels before
2: Uh
1: and take stuff out to operate the time machine, but I've been led to believe that he was not taking anything out. This time he was putting something in, that he added a vial because the liquid was full. It wasn't like an empty vial. It had liquid in it.
0: Huh? So why would he even do that?
1: That's a great question. <laughs> um, he, yeah. yeah, it's, the belief is that when, okay, so in the future, this gets gets into something that happens later. To answer that question, I would have to go ahead and say what happens later in this episode. Everybody's hopefully okay. watching it. Yes. But their conversation that is taking place right now is happening in 1987, right? right? Mm-hmm. During the... Um, then later on, they... By opening the passage again, they get to go to 2020. Yes. And they cover uncover these yellow barrels. When they open the barrels, you can see that there's stuff inside Interesting.
2: The Okay. So Okay.
1: The, so the, what I heard in another recap is that the the that stuff that was in the barrel those little look like mm-hmm. blue stones mm-hmm. that that is what like i mean they weren't that way there but he put that stuff in the barrel closed the barrel and then in 2020 when they go to open it it's inside
0: that one particular barrel that they just happened to open out of the fifty. it just
1: happened hey <laughs> <laughs> time is on their side you know that's like-
0: true that's true i don't know if i buy that though i'm i'm not sure because there's an awful lot of stuff in those barrels and he's has a little tiny vial
2: mm-hmm.
0: i mean I, but- I i mean i i appreciate this different perspective because i never even would have thought that i assumed that he grabbed a a spoonful of cesium to so they could get in the time machine. That's what I thought was happening there.
1: That's what I thought was happening too. But the the podcast. Do we trust, do we
0: trust this other podcast? Can you name some it's names? A great
1: podcast. It's called Going Dark. Is the name of the podcast? Okay, I've um, heard of it. It was a recap podcast that had never finished. They didn't finish season three. I <laughs> to oh. <laughs> But they, during their recap of this, they said it's Jonas who started the apocalypse because he added this stuff to the barrel that was later opened. And they said he added got added God particle to the radioactive waste. So I was trying to remember when did Noah, I mean, when did Jonas get a vial of God particle? Um, So
0: Jonas did, but not younger Jonas. I remember stranger Jonas dipping into the barrels when they were in the back of the truck. Um, he dipped into the barrels to get a, a spoonful yeah. of it.
1: But the but the whole speech he was supposed to make here is that mm-hmm. we're changing a grain of sand. So he made a small change. The small change he added was adding this material. Oh,
0: yes. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Then. Okay, I think you just convinced me and everybody else. Yes, because he's saying it as he's adding the tiny grain of sand to it. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Okay, I'm. i'm I'm more on board with you now
1: yeah plus 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 claudia is like (laughs) (laughs) like freaking out and you're like what are you what's your problem he's gotten samples before lady calm down so she looks terrified and we know that claudia knows all about that this thing happened at the power plant she's been keeping records of it hearing about it from burned and now for claudia she's probably like oh my gosh this this is what you did but because she's sort of following she's following Jonas now she's like all right dude I guess you know what you're doing because my older self has (laughs) my older self so she's like I'm pretty awesome so if you're listening to me keep going
0: (laughs) I mean she is no doubt but but she herself just Amir six months ago knew about these barrels down here. She's no mm-hmm. stranger. She spelunked down there. And she <laughs> hired um, Alexander to make a door and to do other stuff. So that she's not finding out for the first time. But I guess when he pops the lid open, she's like, who oh. <laughs> Yeah, she
1: knew she knew about the barrels, but she wasn't opening them and putting yep. stuff in them and removing them.
0: Okay. That's a really interesting uh, perspective. I'm, I'm glad we talked through that because I'm on board with it now. That's really neat. I never would have thought – I want to watch it again because I want to watch him pour stuff in there. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Bloop>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we cut to Regina. She's lying on a pillow with her hair wrapped in a scarf. Bartosh asks his mom about grandmother. What was she like? regina wonders why bartosh has suddenly become interested bartosh reveals that claudia came by last fall so she's not dead he pulls out the photo that claudia gave him of her and regina in the 80s that claudia felt bad and wanted to apologize regina begins to tear up and bartosh kisses her forehead and leaves the house on an unknown errand he says i'll be back i promise and then kiss their forehead and leaves. And she's just like, where are you going? And he just walks out without saying anything.
0: <laughs> I wonder if she'll ever see him again, <laughs> because I'm not mm. sure he ever went home. But um, I'm, yeah, this is something I wanted to bring up last week. It was in my notes to talk about, and I, uh, I skipped over it, um, not on purpose, on accident, so I can talk about it now. So Bartosh has given Regina these news. If Mm -hmm. she could do things differently, she would. That's what he said um, Mm -hmm. about Claudia. I'm not sure I'm buying that because that's one of Claudia's fatal flaws is that she's really concerned about the past and she's really concerned about the future. But she's just blazing through her present and she's not paying attention to what's happening like right in front of her. Like she's always just rushing off like Ulrich just to do the next thing. Or to, you know, feel bad mm-hmm. about something that happened. And I think that's a lot of the reason. <laughs> you know, it's like she um, is like her own worst enemy. Like, she distanced herself from her daughter, and now she feels terrible that she's distanced from her daughter. You know, mm-hmm. she distanced herself from her dad, and same thing. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Right, but this is when Bartosh – Bartosh is referring to old Regine. old claudia Claudia. right Right. so old claudia in her perspective is probably different than this claudia that regina (laughs) is going to get to meet i agree with you that regina is sort of brazenly going through things and we saw her just allow her father to die so Mm -hmm. um, but i think because perhaps bartosh said this and showed her the photo that sort of softened regina towards the concept of claudia enough that she was willing to go with her
0: yes yes
1: yeah
0: okay i didn't even think about that like if he hadn't shown her that picture at that time and had that conversation with her it might have been a a much different homecoming we see later on that's true yeah see bartosh does some good things every now and then (laughs)
1: <laughs> and seeing him give her this forehead kiss actually made me want to kind of like we know that Elizabeth gives Charlotte a forehead kiss.
0: Right, right.
1: He her mother forehead Here's Bartosh giving his mother a forehead kiss. And I was like, well, did did Jonas give Hannah a forehead kiss? Uh, maybe want to go look for more <laughs> forehead kisses in Dark.
0: <laughs> what are we trying to say that Bartosh is actually Regina's dad? Is, is that what we're saying
1: <laughs> No 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 I just I mean I'm not I'm not doing that that plot twist but just like the visual mirroring I wondered if there yeah. were forehead kisses in the show cuz I had forgotten that he did that and it, it's it's like yeah it's nice that Bartosh seems to really care about his mom even though yeah I'm still not clear why he left I mean, he knows she's alone, so he's going to go hang out with people who hate him. (laughs) He
0: wants that that time machine back. That's why he's going to meet um, Magnus in Francisca, so he has a goal.
1: Yes. Okay. Good point. Um, Across town, Clausen watches a distressed Alexander nervously scratching his hair, and he looks a mess. Klausen shows him a search warrant for the power plant. Alexander Hmm. wants to believe that the special conditions that allow the plant to operate without interruption will continue, but Klausen says that the judge allowed the warrant quickly because of the charges against Alexander. Does Klausen expect to find a ton of corpses inside? Uh, I think. (laughs) as usual Waller looks really embarrassed to be standing <laughs> and listening to this speech yep <laughs> it i guess he's i guess he thinks alexander is hiding the boys you know hiding dead boys like because I'm thinking I think what so else too he yes be?
0: <laughs> I absolutely think so there's no other reason to like tear up a concrete floor that's been poured recently. Other than yeah. you're looking for, like, yeah, bodies. Yeah. I think that's exactly what he thinks is that Alexander was in on that because he believes Alexander's a murderer. So he's yeah. like, he probably murders small children and <laughs> who knows why to make the power plant run. Well, kind maybe. of. Kind of.
1: <laughs> maybe he thought he'd find his brother.
0: Ah, yeah, maybe so. It'd be wonderful if that was the case, but.
1: <laughs> wonderful?
0: Not not his brother's body, but he found his brother like holed up down there. Like, I've been trapped here for 33 years.
1: Well, not alive, but. (laughs) But it would, maybe he hoped that he would, you know, if his brother's a missing person, maybe he thought his brother was buried in concrete. So it might, maybe it had nothing to do with the boys. I don't know.
0: You were, you hit the nail on the head last time around. I think maybe you had some insider knowledge, but you were like, um, if Alexander is not who he says he is, then all of his businesses could fall into foul play as well. And you're exactly right. That is how that went down. And yeah, I guess Klausen is expecting to find a bunch of bodies because you look on that door of the police department where we're getting ready to go in a few minutes. And there's like six like missing people right there. And that doesn't even account for, like, all the missing people that have happened in the past, including his brother. So, yeah, he probably is expecting to find a bunch of bodies in there, especially because they have this special condition that nobody can touch the plant. That seems pretty suspect. So, Clausen's probably, like, over the moon that he got this. You see the way he flung it over at uh, Alexander with his fingers and, like, flicked it over at him? Look what I got. Little... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just leaves a bad taste in my mouth, that guy Clausen. That's all.
1: After Clausen leaves, Alexander begs for Waller to intervene and let him out. And Waller speculates that maybe it's for the best that it's all coming out now.
0: Sure. Probably okay. good for Waller, too, because he's probably weighing on his conscience. And he's like, finally, mm-hmm. I can put this all behind me.
1: Yeah. I wondered if we, what we are supposed to think, because it, it's, he finally, Waller finally does confessed later on to charlotte but i wonder if they were trying, they were trying to delay telling us the truth like when he says maybe it's for the best that it's all coming out now maybe what we were wonder what we were supposed to think was going to be coming out you know so <laughs> hmm
0: yeah. yeah i was also thinking too like at this point um you know, we talk about time being God, and we also have talked about people having like specific jobs. Like I think one person was all like, the only job is to do this or whatever. I think that was H G Tanhouse. was like this is my job, I do it. Um Clausen's mm-hmm. job is to is to push these issues and to like be the trigger. It's <laughs> like that this he's doing exactly what time is requiring of him is to like by any means necessary getting in there and jackhammering that concrete up and uh, Mm -hmm. he's he's doing his part. I mean, time picked the right tenacious person to do this.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a word for it. Tenacious. (laughs) (laughs) So meanwhile at the Nielsen house, someone begins to bang on the door. It's not Katarina this time. It's, it's the Nielsen house. So Marta comes downstairs to find stranger Jonas. He begs for her to come with him and confesses his faults. It's my fault everyone dies. It's all going to blow in a few hours. I'm sure for Marta, this is a little bit freaking her, freaking her out. Uh, a new cycle will begin. He touches his forehead to hers. Marta is temporarily lost for words, but then pushes him away. She she delivers the fatal blow. This is wrong. We're wrong. Please leave now. And this is a repeat of the words that Teen Yona said to her in the rain, that we That's are right. wrong. He tells her no, that he saw her die and can't do it again, and he pulls out the gun and threatens her with it.
0: This is the point that we thought that Stranger Jonas had lost his mind. We're like, what is he doing? What the, This is not Stranger Jonas. Uh, I know now what he was trying to do, but it just seemed so extreme at the time.
1: Yeah. It's not a good look for Stranger Jonas this episode. <laughs> he's definitely he's not.
0: Like, <laughs> I was going to say he's all like sweaty looking now. He like hadn't taken a shower in a few days again. And he got all <laughs> sweaty again. <laughs> and he looks like um... (laughs) but I'm realizing now how much he looks like Shaggy from like Scooby-Doo with that hair and that beard and that green shirt and the brown pants Yeah.
2: (laughs) and he's skinny
0: skinny like Shaggy as well
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: although I haven't seen like I see Shaggy eating like a lot of food and I haven't seen Stranger Yonas eat anything I don't think except for a, a sip of milk perhaps um you were talking about uh how they were the forehead thing and they did the forehead thing again here um i don't know I, I i keep thinking about that and every time i see in this show like two um characters like that connecting in that way whether it's like through time or in their own time it just makes me think about like the a transfer of like energy that can happen and i think that's kind of like they're giving each other their energy and they're 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 wanting that every time martha touches Jonas, like he reacts and like it it's wonderful to him and it's like he gets like a charge out of it Mm -hmm. and it was just making me think about like like positive charges that you can get from negative ions like through like a touch or like animals or um, running water and things like that and then the exact opposite would be like things like wind and like negativity that take that energy away but I don't know I just I just really like it when I see them do things like that and it just makes me think about their connection across time
1: Yeah I mean she they they are still like into each other but they can't really kiss because she's like oh the incest. Mm-hmm real so Mm -hmm. they do like they do platonic or family sort of things with the foreheads
0: when he says he saw her die um at first we're thinking the first time watching this episode you're thinking oh it's probably like the grave site because he saw her grave hmm right and I, that's the first thing that went through my mind every time he says he's seen martha die i think about the fact that he saw her gravesite, mm-hmm. and then later on in the episode of course it gives us another path and it shows us another time he might have seen her die and i just think it's really in- interesting and smart of the writers to to slip something in there like that
1: yeah because we're like oh what does he mean yeah it kind of <laughs> leaves it nebulous So then six hours to the apocalypse. Teenage Francisca and Magnus sit together under the bridge. Bartosz arrives. He's surprised to find them there without the device. Magnus admits his mom has it. (laughs) Bartosh begins to freak out because this isn't how it's supposed to happen. Right. And wisely, Francisca wonders if he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Show them how it works. Mm Mm-hmm and Bartosh runs off to try and find the device.
0: Maybe this is what I was thinking about. Bartosh's job. <laughs> you know, this is part of Bartosh's job. Like Noah gave him this time machine.
2: Mhm.
0: So maybe this is what Bartosh was supposed to do with it after all. I mean, it ends up in the hands of does it? Yeah. Yeah. It ends up back in his hands at the end. It took a journey to get there, but it did. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, well, it arrives It arrives in Jonas's hands. Yeah, but it it's...
0: But Bartosz is there for the journey, too, is what yeah. I'm saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bartosz wants to be the author of the story, but it looks more like he's a character in somebody else's story.
0: Right, yeah. See, I was thinking about the same thing, like, with, um, like, Helge and, like, Clausen and Noah. They They had these, like, specific things they do to like help things along but they're Mm -hmm. far from the main character
1: so katerina walks inside the conwell house device in tow she's looking for Jonas, probably wanting him to show her how it works Mm -hmm. no one is home of course and she rifles through the things on his desk and in his backpack she finds the globe light and the map with the stranger's markings on it
0: I think I think you say later on in the recap and me and me and Heather were definitely saying this. like they everybody's just taking Jonas's stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing is sacred just everything of his is just getting taken.
1: I prepped you to I prepped you guys to like feel sorry for for Jonas here. but I so like there's so it's an interesting it's an interesting thing sometimes again a different i was listening to this different recap podcast and they said that they found that sort of that it might be that Jonas wanted people to take stuff because why would he just like leave it lying around you know i mean i guess he's
0: not he's not gonna take all that crap with him every time he walks down the street to martha's (laughs) house though you know
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I de- I'm definitely on that on that as well. Like, that's my first thought is, oh my gosh! Like, first Hannah steals stuff, then Katarina takes more of his stuff, and it seems really unfair. But it was right. just it was just an interesting perspective for someone to say he's not really keeping. He already knows people are just breaking into the house right and left, especially Katarina. <laughs> Because he left, he left things, um, he left things out without, you know, much security. Right. And because they were also referring to how Stranger Jonas was like, here's this not very well packed box, Regina, take it to young Jonas. That 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 was an opportunity for Regina to be like, sure. oh, what's inside? I mean, right. it's not like so it might be that he's sort of in he's sort of wanting people to find stuff or he's sort of releasing the clues or releasing the breadcrumbs. So that was just an interesting perspective that I hadn't thought of. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll allow it. And I'll, I'll bring it up that, um, that he's, uh, you know, he's sort of not being the smartest, but I do feel like when Hannah left, he was genuinely surprised when he sat up and he saw the machine was missing. So we can't say right. like, oh, <laughs> he wanted Hannah to take the machine.
0: Oh, no. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, too, about Stranger Jonas, like, um, I see him as like this, this wizened figure because he knows, you know, things that have happened in the past. But he doesn't know, like, his future from whatever moment he is at forward, you Mm -hmm. know, he he knows that he's going to become Adam. But other than that, sometimes I forget about that fact. And I forget that, that he doesn't know what's going to happen to everybody that he's just also reacting out there. Because in some of these scenes, I'm like watching it, I'm like, Oh, he knows what's going to be happening here later. I'm like, Oh, no, he doesn't, because it hasn't happened to him yet. Mm -hmm. You, You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, but I think we're it's sort of convoluted and can be confusing because there are characters who do theoretically, characters like Noah, who right. theoretically know what is going to happen even if it hasn't happened to them yet because they've read the cheat sheet, you know, they've read the book already. And right. Claudia has a journal, Tron has a journal, Peter, you know, they've, these people have all read these journals. So if the journals are correct then they theoretically know what's going on. And so it could be a little unclear whether Jonas is in that same camp. Like, does he know what's going to happen next? I don't think we have a definitive answer on that.
0: Okay. I just wanted to point that out because that's something that kept going through my head. And you keep talking about these other podcasts you're listening to. Those other podcasts are listening to us, and they're stealing our ideas. So you're welcome from Sweet out of time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: Nobody can, nobody can know everything, but I try to, I try to like also realize I don't know everything and we don't know everything. So it's good to listen to other people and to like hear what other people have to say that you haven't thought of.
0: Absolutely. I love those Reddit threads with all these theories and stuff. I try to avoid um, season three theories because I don't yeah. really understand it much, Yeah, um, but I love looking through those threads and all these, there's really some really smart people out there that have put some a lot of time and thought into like these well-crafted theories and the people that know a lot of stuff about science and, um, you know, astronomy and stuff. And they, just, they put their slant on it. I should find one of their names and put it in the, uh, the show notes because there's a certain Redditor that I follow that about once a month, they'll put a post out that will just blow your mind with just red with dark theories about the, um, the God particle and stuff. And, It's obvious they've influenced me. So in
1: 1987, inside the caves, Jonas and middle-aged Claudia find the wormhole. Claudia only traveled with the suitcase machine before. So this is her first experience with the passage. Jonas announces that he plans to open the passage. Claudia protests this decision because shouldn't it remain closed? Jonas says, it took me ages to accept having to be part of the disaster I wanted to prevent. Claudia is curious how he knows so much, and he explains that for the last year, her older self has taught him everything. It was older Claudia who taught Jonas everything, and now Jonas will show younger Claudia. And i thought this was kind of funny though because he says it took me ages to accept having to be part of the disaster i wanted to prevent. that yes. like, it's he's like he's 18. <laughs> he says that um how does he know so much well i've been learning for a year it's like i don't know if a yeah. year is ages jonas but nice try <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, if you were Stranger Jonas, I might, I might accept that. But coming from you, young Jonas, I don't know. That's like when somebody who's like 29 is like, I'm getting so old. It's like, okay, <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> but he's sort of echoing what it sounds like older Claudia told him because he wanted to prevent, you know, his father's suicide. Couldn't do that, so he's just imparting that same knowledge to claudia and she's like hey why are you opening this passage and planning on what we see later causing an apocalypse (laughs) um if i want the good things to happen i need to i need to create the disaster that i want to prevent you know so
0: yeah paradoxical
1: yeah there are two sides. Adam and Sikmunas want to create a new world. You and I want to save this one. And then Claudia asks, who is Adam?
0: Sure. She doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime somebody really brings his name up, they're like, it's like as if you should know who he is.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, tell me, describe him to me, please. But I really I really appreciated this scene because it laid down like the two sides very cleanly for us here. So mm-hmm. I have a, I, now I have an easier understanding of, you know, Adam and Sigmundus, they want to destroy the world to create a new one. And mm-hmm. Jonas and Claudia want to make things right in this world. It, very clear, clear as a bell now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad it took us, you know, what is it, 18 episodes to clear that <laughs> up.
1: <laughs> so we then see Adam watching a clock that reads 11.05. And it looks like Adam has an oxygen tank.
0: Yeah. Like decompressing, I guess, like doing like a, (laughs) I mean, serious. Isn't that like what they do before they go under like scuba diving and stuff. They have to like do a certain amount of decompression before they go into the, uh, the different atmosphere. No,
1: no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I was just, I was just like, what is he, you know, what is he doing? I guess. You know, we didn't see um, – we didn't see like – we later see he's using it to go into, into another time, right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't see Jonas sitting down and doing – you know, prepping with a machine before he got his suit on and went into the future. So I think that it's – I think be- maybe, um, you know, Adam's – because of all of his stuff, all of his travel – his lungs could be very sensitive, you know, it could be like difficult oh, sure, for him sure. to leave the bunk not the bunker, the lair. He stays indoors all the time on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. that goes
0: along with exactly what I was saying. Yeah, he needs that oxygen to to get to the next level. He's preparing mm-hmm. himself for the journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In 2020,
1: Jonas points the gun at Marta to lead her down into the bunker. She sees the walls covered with evidence about time travel. He explains that this is a safe place, the only safe place. She asks him if the story with Mikkel is true. Jonas openly weeps, begging her to forgive him and apologizing all over the place. That's what he does right now. (laughs) He never wanted any of this for her, but that Jonas will come back as he always does. And Marta grabs on to the hope. Jonas will come back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he asked her to promise that she won't leave the bunker.
0: I guess he knows it's right that Jonas will come back. And so, yeah, he's not lying here. He's not leading her on. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, th- this scene made me feel better with the gun thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, this makes sense. He's, he's going to lock her in the bunker to keep her safe. Is, is, it almost parallels when he had to lock his younger self in the same bunker, right? That's the same bunker, isn't that? But correct? like,
1: it doesn't make any sense though because he wouldn't have shot Marta, and she. No. Why did she know not know that? You know, so I'm just I don't understand <laughs> the thinking here. It's but TV, okay, it's a
0: TV thing. It's a TV <laughs> thing. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. I don't oh, really I, have this, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. The only thing I had to say is that this just implants my theory that they should have had a notebook with all those papers in it, instead of putting them all over the bunker wall, because a notebook would be much easier to like share with your friends and take it anywhere instead of <laughs> having it all over the walls. The end. then you'll have okay. to
1: share then you'll have to share and lean over like can i see you know it's like there's a fight oh. you know as opposed to it being on the wall
0: wow that's, that's the way you uh, you share books with the people
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Run, I'm thinking, come to your library i'm thinking about <laughs> when i was younger and we used to you know back in the day when people had photo albums i still have photo albums you probably do too. Sure. yeah so back in the day you would if there were like four or five of you all trying to see the photo album it's like <laughs> Can I see? I can't see anything over there. So I'm so, your picturing
0: pa- so your parents would put all the pictures. I guess your parents kind of do do that, don't they? They put pictures all over the walls. You have to look at them that way. I know like Heather's mom has a big wall full of pictures like that. Okay. All right. I'm buying There's it.
1: There's a lot of evidence for everybody <laughs> to be sharing this notebook, Steve.
0: I- I'm convincible. Okay. I- I'm with you. <laughs>
1: So T, Neonas, and Claudia maneuver through the passage together, finding the blocked tunnel. Across town, do you want to say anything about that? I'm sorry. It's like one show. They're just like, oh, there's a passage. And oh, yep, it's closed, just as we thought.
0: Yep, they're moving forward. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to go with that. I was almost expecting the wind to start up. It did not. so. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'll continue on.
1: Across town, Charlotte enters the police station. She finds Waller, and he tells her he tells her about Clausen arresting Alexander and getting a search warrant for the power plant. She's about to run off, but Waller grabs her arm and tells her he needs to confess something, which was hilarious because he grabs her arm and she looks at it like, "What are you doing? Why uh-huh. are you?" Dead? me
0: (laughs) yeah then he grabs her shoulder to lead her into the other room and she does the same thing with the shoulder like oh she does not like being touched this is why peter did not hug her and comfort her because he knows don't Mm -hmm. touch charlotte
1: (laughs) and waller confesses on the nuclear power plant grounds alexander buried something in concrete there radioactive waste i helped him do it and i'm sorry Yep. And oh wait, let me let me do this part. Charlotte quickly yes. realizes this is what triggers the apocalypse and mentions that Jonas knew. Waller struggles to keep up with the conversation, assuming she means teen Jonas. For once, Charlotte asks Waller to come with her. So this is <laughs> Wooler's moment.
0: <laughs> we did cheer. We did. <laughs> because like he's included and like she calls him, Come with me. <laughs> he was not expecting that at all. <laughs> But all he's getting is like a front row seat that we'll see later. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad
1: thing. (laughs) probably would have been better not being included in this particular, even though everybody in the town. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So maybe point zero is the best place to be. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There was a chance at least. Um, Did you want to say anything about this interaction with them?
0: Um, We already pointed out the major thing that Charlotte just does not like to be touched and waller (laughs) finally had his moment so we're happy yeah
1: we get the full confession from waller about Mm -hmm. what he's been what he's been hiding
0: but not the eye
1: yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's true peter calls charlotte and tries to get a hold of her he wants to know if she has franziska elizabeth examines the pocket watch with the inscription for charlotte and I suppose Peter knows the apocalypse is coming too because he makes this decision and tells Elizabeth that they are going to the bunker now. He no no he no longer knows what to believe, but Noah said that only the people in the bunker would live. Elizabeth is worried about her mom and Franziska, but Peter says it will be okay. His face tells a different story.
0: No, you're right about that. <laughs> Yeah, this is tough to watch. There's realization on his face and knowing he has to split the family apart. But I think he does the right... The the only sensible thing here is to, you know, continue mm-hmm. trying to get a hold of them but get who he has with him safe.
1: hmm Yeah. I... I f- see, like, what kind of bothers me about this is that I feel like yesterday... Peter and Charlotte, when the, when the kids, you know, when Francisca comes to them and is like, hey, there's this time travel thing. And they know about that and know that only the people in the bunker would survive. So yes, right. Francisca was pissed, but that would have been the moment to say, hey, tomorrow we all need to go to the bunker. Yes. And And instead of like Kind of planning as a family that this is what we need to do, which obviously Peter and Charlotte did. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that this is happening. Maybe they don't know exactly when, because Charlotte says, "Oh, this is what triggers the apocalypse." So that's sort of a wake up call for him, uh, for her. But he doesn't. I I just thought it, it seemed to me like they had sort of made a plan as a family that they were all going to go to the bunker, but they didn't really clue Francisca. Or Elizabeth in on this plan so they could know what to do and where they were supposed to go
0: classic communication problem I mean Charlotte doesn't talk Charlotte has a hard time describing things and just speaking in general she has a real hard time with it Francisca is like angry and storms out of the room so she's really hard to talk to so Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah that would have been the time to do it maybe or maybe like after Francisca ran out of the room you know, you got confused, Magnus standing there. They'd be like, hey, okay, Magnus, tomorrow, <laughs> take our daughter to the bunker. We'll meet you guys there. That would have been a good, that that would have been the right thing to do right there.
1: Yeah. Well, at you, what we saw was Peter's looking at his watch and he says, okay, we're going to go to the bunker. So it looked like there was, that's what I'm saying. It looked like there was a time like, hey, this is what this time what we're going to do. And it's like, instead of, of following her own plan or, you know, Charlotte goes to the police station where she gets waylaid. Um, I guess Charlotte felt like she could prevent the apocalypse itself. If she went to the, um, went to the power plant, classic wind and resident mistake. <laughs> I, I can change this if I intervene.
0: Right. So yeah, but that's what she's trying to do. Yeah yeah she's trying to like instead of just saving her own family she's trying to save everybody and trying to stop clausen in his tracks because yeah. i guess she feels she's the one that can do it
2: yeah, she okay. might be
0: but no i don't think it's she's not the one <laughs> she clams. <laughs> she clams up when her moment arises usually
1: <laughs> yeah yeah Okay, four hours to the apocalypse at the and Power Plant. A staff person escorts a random staff person we've never seen before. No, we have at- seen them.
0: This is the guy from when they were having the ceremony, and like uh, Alexander was telling everybody at the sta- at the uh, party, like, "Oh, we're gonna close this down in a week or so." This is the guy that he was talking to
2: about
1: oh, okay.
0: the uh, about this whole situation, actually, about the concrete. Okay. So this guy knows more than he's saying. He's lying to Clausen straight up.
1: Yeah. So he escorts Clausen through the plant. He isn't sure exactly what Clausen wants to see. Clausen uses one of his famous sayings. Just because a task seems too big doesn't mean (laughs) it's unsolvable.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: He stops in front of the door with all the yellow suits hanging up next to it. And of course, Clausen wants to know what's behind this special door. The man tells him that it's the spent fuel pool for the old reactor, and it's been out of use since the 1990s. However, this is very suspect because these suits look pretty new and shiny. So why would these beautiful brand-new yellow suits be standing outside of this room that hasn't been used since the 1990s? Normally, what you would see was the old crappy suits and old uniforms <laughs> that have been discarded because we used to have a wall of these at work. So.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, what are you, a police inspector? Like, how do you know all this? You're pretty good, but I can see why. Okay.
1: Well, there was we had a closet in the, at the at novelist we had a closet and inside was just like random discarded clothes that people had left in the office like cardigans that were stretched out and <laughs> right. some things that were like you know just old stuff that got left. So,
0: but yeah, I, I wrote down here that Clausen is like being guided by time. Like normally, would say like somebody's being guided by the hand of God. So we're just substituting that with time for this show. Like it's like Clausen is being led right to this door, like right to the spot that he needs to be. And he doesn't even know what's guiding him. He's going by his own instinct, but he's I think it's clear that he's being guided there.
1: Hmm. Well, I think it's just classic TV problem. We need to finish the episode. So we're not gonna search anywhere else. We're gonna go exactly <laughs> where we need to go.
0: It is TV. That's true. <laughs> uh,
1: the man says that that there's radiation, but Clausen's like, "Hey, look, there's all these safety suits. Problem solved." So. Yep. <laughs> Across town, Katarina comes downstairs. She's still in the Conwald house. This time, she has Jonas's backpack. And it's almost too much. We're happy for Katerina, but Hannah has stolen Jonas's machine, and now Katerina takes all of his supplies. She stops to look at a photo album. The photo album is labeled Michael. Katarina hesitates just for a second before opening the book as she can sense this might be emotional to see her son's memories. And inside are photos of Mikkel growing up with Inez as his mother. The years that have been stolen from Katerina, years she could have seen him grow into a young man.
0: I, I like this a lot, and there's a specific reason that I liked it. Um, you know, my son Caleb, me and his mom divorced when we were very young. So Caleb spent, you know, most of the time between the two of us. He usually spent, like, the the school year with me and, like, throughout the school – I'm sorry, the school week with me, Monday through Friday – in the weekends as mom's house. And, you know, we, this was just our, our life. That's how we, we did it every now and then I will see like pictures of Caleb when he was like, you know, he's 27 now, but I'll see pictures of him when he was like seven, like having Mm -hmm. a great, having a great time with Christy and Tommy in some place that I don't know where they're at. And like, I can clearly on Caleb's face, he's having a ball. And it's just kind of like wow that's like a memory that that he had that's here that i was not part of you know what i'm saying it's like a separate a separate like life that he had almost Mm
2: -hmm. so like
0: that i think that's why this scene connected with me because she's looking at these pictures that you know he looks like he's fine but she's not part of his life it's like another life that
1: yeah yeah, I mean, she saw the pictures. She saw the picture of him looking sad in his class photo. Mm-hmm. But she hadn't seen pictures like this where he's just growing up, and his Inez has her arms around him. And then there's almost like a graduation photo that mm-hmm. looks like. And they did a really great, They really did a great job again, picking a person that is probably never even in the show that looks like they're between Mikkel and Michael as an mm-hmm. adult. Um, so she's looking at this life she never had with him and knowing. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very brief but powerful scene for right. Katarina. So then stranger Jonas interrupts her browsing. He's shocked to find her there. She asks him how to use the machine. And of course, he's wondering how she came to possess possess one. She wants to bring Mickle back. He tells her this is impossible, and she accuses him of just protecting himself. He protests that it's not that simple, that because he exists, Mikkel can't come back, that if she tried to bring him back, she would fail because he's tried, that he would willingly exchange his life for his father if he could. He tells Katarina that he tried to prevent the origin, but Adam is the end point. Maybe I can't prevent me from becoming him, but I can stop what has become of me.
0: Yeah, I thought this was a, like, a real key point. And um, I loved it. It's like, you can't change the past. But you can change now, and in turn change your future. So he's like, you can't change anything that's happened in the past. But going forward, he absolutely has agency to change and to do what he wishes going forward. At least that's what I took from that scene. That's like the thought process that I went down. Um, I don't know. Is that off base?
1: No, I mean, I, th- I think I'm a little confused about this statement he makes that he says, I can't prevent me from becoming him. So he's he's knowing I will become Adam, but I can stop what has become of me. So I wasn't sure what he meant by that. Like, maybe did he mean for like teen Jonas as he grows into him? I don't know. It was just, I wasn't sure what he was saying here exactly. Um,
0: Obviously, he's trying to stop that whole, um, he's trying to stop what's going to happen from happening.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. He wants to be keep. He wants to keep. Um, he wants to keep Jonas from the same pain yes. that he has experienced. Yes. Yeah.
0: So maybe my whole little philosophy thing didn't make a ton of sense, but for <laughs> us who don't, who can't time travel, that's what. That's how you change. Is <laughs> you don't change your past. You change yourself now. <laughs> that's how you change.
1: Yeah, but it's sort of it's sort of counterintuitive almost what he's saying because if um if he has to become adam then teen Jonas has to become stranger Jonas. it's like that's the same logic would apply it's already happened but he's i think he feels like as everybody does you want to know that you can make a difference that's just how we're wired and so it's just not even though he knows more than teen Jonas, he still hasn't absorbed the you are helpless to really and, and, and unless something additional information opens up that you didn't know there's no no diverting from this path you know but he he's hopeful he can make he can make a change for yeah. this very painful thing that happened Um, okay, so we cut to Adam in the sick mu slayer, in walks adult Noah. Noah confronts Adam about his lies that he never wanted to save anyone. He pulls out the missing pages from his lapel. You Here aren't. Wa- <laughs> yeah, you aren't waging war against God. You're waging it against humanity. Noah's realized that Adam really wants to destroy everything. He's not even really wanting a paradise or a new world. He just wants to destroy this one. So he throws the pages at Adam. He then pulls out a gun full of righteous wrath and ready to exact justice on Adam. During the speech, Adam remains unaffected. He shows no signs of fear. He tells Noah, Claudia was right. You still don't understand how this game is played. Noah then shoots Adam, but the gun doesn't go off. Adam knows Noah won't kill him because it's not his fate to die just yet.
0: So this is why I was confused about what Jonas slash Adam knows. Adam couldn't have lived this moment before. This is happening to Adam like right now. It's not like Adam has seen this happen before. So he seems pretty self-assured that he's not going to die here. And I think that's very interesting
1: mm-hmm yeah maybe he, to say. <laughs> maybe he knows something that we don't know yet
0: right season three <laughs>
1: <laughs> but somehow he knows this is not going to work and yeah season three <laughs> so <laughs> only when we're free of all emotion are we truly free only when one is ready to sacrifice what one holds dearest. He holds out the photo of Elizabeth. Charlotte is your daughter. She's Elizabeth's daughter and her mother. No human is without guilt. None of them have earned a place in your paradise. Adam seems to be saying that Noah is too connected to his family and that it's ruining his ability to break free and make a good decision.
0: I guess that's what he's saying. I don't know. Um... I think what he was saying was he was giving us the revelation, right? Like this is, this was when like Heather paused the show and she was <laughs> like, wait a second, what?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And we had to sit there for a while and think about that. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Sh- <sighs> I don't know. I, I, th- I think that, I think that this, 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 um, this line running through this is just a, compliment the a-line that's blowing our minds with elizabeth and charlotte right now
1: yeah i mean it's definitely i agree they're definitely using this speech to make sure we all understand what's going on that that uh charlotte is a daughter but he seems to be saying i think it's interesting that this speech includes concepts about guilt Mm -hmm. and so i wondered if Adam was actually kind of saying that this that their family this the way their family is set up is almost a sin that it's it's something bad because we have uh you know Charlotte as Elizabeth's mother and daughter and he's he talks about guilt and not earning a place in paradise almost like this is too <laughs> this is too um, convoluted
0: and backwards
1: (laughs) or like messed up blemished or something you know like the whole thing about like a a lamb that has spots you know it's too flawed to be part of paradise
0: what I would say to Adam is um, doctor heal thyself I mean (laughs) what about you and your family come on buddy
1: (laughs) yeah we're gonna find out more about Adam's family later. but um, okay. but yeah, it's there was this is, you know, I haven't watched I think season two, especially this last episode, so much happens, and when you're in the thick of it, sometimes you're not processing it. And okay. so I think this is one of those moments that I still haven't fully processed what is being said here. So even i am am I'm, I'm struggling through this is he almost seems to be making a statement about Elizabeth, Charlotte and Noah, that their family is somehow flawed or sinful. I mean, if his, but his worldview might be, might be like, Hey, we're all sinful. So maybe he's just saying, um, that's why we need to destroy the world. Cause everything's so messed up. Right. For sure. example, your family, you know, like in my family and everybody, he's not saying necessarily I'm all that better, but like,
0: Using that as a a plain example to throw right into his face.
1: Yeah, I see. Because Noah, we know that Noah, and I don't know if Adam knows exactly where it's clicked into place, but Noah's plan is now to save everybody, bring everybody Mm -hmm. into the Ark. Right? bring everybody into the Ark and not just bring a portion of the people. And for Adam, he's like, no, 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 you can't save everybody because the world is just too twisted and so if, if Adam's like God here, you know, then he's the one – he's like, hey, you're not – you didn't obey my plan. You're not building – you're not doing my arc anymore. Okay. And and so it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> yeah. Whew. It's another, another, another mind bender here.
0: <laughs> oh, but then speaking of that weird family, like he still hangs out with Francisca an awful lot though, that Adam <laughs> – like yeah. their buddies.
1: <laughs> yeah. So older Magnus and Francisca come out. Agnes joins them wearing her victory crown braids. She places her hand on Noah's cheek, which is what she did when she bet him in the yellow dress, too. She then takes the pistol from his hand and shoots her brother in the heart. No I'll say it now because I don't have anything else to say. She shoots Noah is basically yeah. what happens. She still has killed him. The gun that did not work for Noah works for her to shoot Noah.
0: Right. And kind of convenient. I didn't understand this. I didn't understand what, I mean did, did she they killed Noah because like Noah was so hell bent on stopping Adam. Is that correct?
1: Well, what happened at the beginning of season two? T. Noah killed Bartosh because he lost the faith. He no longer believed in Sigmundus, the Travelers, or Adam. So-, so
0: Noah no longer believes now. So he has to be yeah. offed by a, a family member, too. Yeah. Um, hmm. You know, they were saying before, this Agnes person, she was saying that... Um, she was married to a a priest at one time and we always assumed that priest was Noah. Right. But Noah is actually her brother.
1: Mhm.
0: Because we saw them younger together. But yeah. they weren't they weren't married too, though. I guess we don't know that. No, because yeah, he was with Elizabeth.
1: Yeah, they weren't he Noah and, and Agnes were not married.
0: So yeah, we, we just know that she was she used to see a priest and she doesn't anymore.
1: There's a different priest, yeah, that okay. isn't Noah.
0: Yeah, well, he's the only priest that I know in this show, so <laughs> I just assumed it was going to be him and said it's her brother, and she kills him. Now, can we know from this show that time is not linear, but we're watching these characters grow in a mm-hmm. linear way. Mm -hmm. So, like, we, I guess, like you said, this is probably 1921 that this happens, because every time we see Adam in the Sigmundus Lair, we we assume it's 1921, Mm -hmm. like, when they took that elevator down. So we're watching Noah, like, through all these different points of time, but this Noah that is killed, like, right now is, like, the last Noah that we see correct? Like he he dies here
1: in the Noah chronology in the Noah life story. Yeah, Noah dies here.
0: Okay. I was really confused about why Agnes had to do that. Um, and I yeah. guess what I guess what you're saying is like, that's like the Sigmundus thing is like when somebody loses faith, you have to off them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, straight up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta die.
0: <laughs> That's a pretty intense church. Okay.
1: It's a, and it's like a rite of passage for the person to prove their loyalty.
0: Oh, okay, sure, sure.
1: But I think that your question about Agnes kind of leads into what I kind of want to talk about with the timeline. Okay. Is that you mentioned we get we're getting to see Noah's story linear, linearly. And it might be natural to assume that this scene takes place after Agnes left in 1953. Last time we saw Agnes, she was wearing the yellow dress. She had been romantic with um, Claudia's mom, Doris. And Mm -hmm. she was she uh,
0: met with Claudia
1: met with Claudia and was sort of breaking free from Sigmundus and leaving. So it might be natural oh. us, it might be natural okay. for us to think okay now she is this is that this is happening after that in her timeline. However, when yeah. we see, when we see Agnes here, she's got the victory crown braids which which she wore when she was a little kid. And so this scene could theoretically for Agnes, this could take place before she became a follower of Claudia um that sure. this, this yeah. agnes by be pre 1953 agnes that she kills her brother noah before the scene in the yellow dress are you and saying that, the
2: braids
0: kind of like come out like once she does that is that what you're saying
1: yeah like after i that after this in agnes's story she might do this and then um, decide. I know I no longer believe, but knowing that, knowing that, like, knowing that I will be killed if I stay. She leaves and starts her new life. Wears these colorful clothes. Wears her hair down and all this stuff. Huh. So that this, because this Agnes, the only reason she would, the reason she would want to do this is so that she could prove her loyalty to Adam.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: But if she's broken free from Adam and decides she's now a follower of Claudia, and that Claudia is a satellite, why would she go back to? Um, why would she go back to Adam unless she's going as a double agent? So that's another theory. Mm. But it, this it, this might be an Agnes deep in Sigmundus, which is why she betrayed her brother and is wearing these victory braids. This may even be Agnes before she gives birth to Trant. And we have to remember remember that in this show is time is not linear. And with Trant's story, he, when we, when we first meet him, he talks about the fact that he was an orphan in an orphanage for a few years. That's right. Not with his mother. So she could have had Trant and she could have had Trant and then dropped him off at this orphanage, broken free from her abusive marriage and then come to pick him up at the orphanage. And Mm -hmm. then went, and went right to Wyndon in 1953. And that that's after the fact, which then you're like, okay, but then she met with Noah and did all this stuff with Claudia. And, and then she gave Noah these clues and he went to kill Claudia. So it's a little, again, it's, it's I not follow
0: that I follow that. I think I like that theory a lot. It makes sense to me.
1: Well, I think we also I think it makes sense to our hearts, too, because we sort of like Agnes and we want to believe that, like,
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah he's not just going to go back to Agnes. But it's just it's a little bit again, it's a mind better, but it's like, is this we just have to remember that just because we're seeing Agnes doesn't mean this is happening after when we saw her last. This could be happening anywhere in her <laughs> timeline.
0: I was just looking at it from Noah's point, Noah's timeline. And I'm like I know this is the last thing that happens to Noah, but, I, I yeah I like that a lot. From here, she kills him. She goes on with some other priest who's an asshole. <laughs> she leaves him. She then she's like, oh, I can go back to Wendon and move in with the Nielsen household, and like she's kind of has an awareness of that
2: mm-hmm.
0: as a Sigmundus member. That's Season three, here we come. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) And I know she'll be there. I know that Agnes will be there, because she has to be now that she's been she's a murderer, so she's got to show up.
1: Well, not if this is like, not at the end of her story in season two. You know, if this comes before that season two thing, this could theoretically be like, and then she rode off to the sunset, and we never saw her again, because this is before she gets to be yellow dress Agnes, you know, like
0: Hmm.
1: Anyway, something to ponder. I'm pondering. <laughs> so, as his older self dies, T Noah emerges from the Sick Linda Slayer in 2020. And he hasn't know what this happened at all, right? So, right. if you went back, you'd see um you'd see your friends or like the people you're following murder uh murder yourself, okay? <laughs> so, hmm. In the winding caves, Jonas and middle-aged Claudia still sit outside the blocked Sigmundus passage. Jonas pulls out the cesium he got from the barrels. He turns on the machine and watches it work as they prepare to open the passage. We see Marta in the bunker, and the magical dust begins to form. The time travel (laughs) dust.
0: The (laughs) stardust.
1: Or what I don't know if I'm I don't know what you really would call this the magical time travel dust. What do you call it, Steve?
0: I don't know. I call it the portal, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Time travel dust sounds cool, but I just thought stardust sounded neat
1: too. Yeah. So at the power plant, Claussen and the other deputies prepare to enter the radioactive pool. The lights flicker. Peter and Elizabeth drive together towards the bunker. A mass of dead birds falls from the sky. And the song that they play here is the same song that they played when the birds fell on Claudia. Yeah. Sorry, Charlotte back in 2020. So it's that, it's like a boys' choir that they do. Yeah. And at the Conwald house, Stranger Jonas explains to Katarina that Jonas has opened the passage again. Once Katarina hears the passage is open, she leaves the house and doesn't take the machine with her. However, she does take the backpack and Jonas doesn't stop her.
0: Yeah, right in front of her. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: a good point.
0: <laughs> He's like, I'll oh, just let her go. She's got it. she's got her own demons to deal with, I guess.
1: <laughs> I think he could be a little scared of Katerina.
0: <laughs> I am. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with good, uh, yeah he's, he's he knows her he's no he doesn't really know her does he he just knows her as like his his his, his friend's mom he hasn't seen her be a real creep as he? he
1: did see her break into the house and like <laughs> with a crowbar and arm wrestle varts out from behind him so that was old
0: yonis though isn't this young yonis we're talking to here oh no it is yeah okay i'm sorry i'm getting my yonises mixed up Continue, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> it's stranger,
1: Jonas, yeah. Yes, yes. Peter and Elizabeth enter the bunker. Marta uses the opportunity to run outside. Mm. Peter tries to stop her, and at the Nielsen house, Bartosh and Francisca watch the lights flickering. I guess Charlotte and Peter didn't tell their kids what to <laughs> expect, otherwise Francisca would know where to go. Yep. The machine is gone, and Bartosh begins to panic.
0: Yes. And Oh yeah, Martha running out. Like <laughs> I guess Jonas is doing the best he can, stranger Jonas that is. Like he locked her in there, but he he knows what's going to happen later, but I guess he thought that was good enough. It was not good enough because Peter let her out.
1: Yeah, she's she's uh. all she's all doped up on this idea about Jonas coming back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame her. I wouldn't want to just sit there either. And especially like she's been locked in there for who knows, for a couple hours, at least at this point. So somebody comes in. Oh, I, ca- I can run out now. I, well, I would have done the
1: same thing. <laughs> well, also, do you remember when her and Magnus, uh, when she and Magnus were at home and Francisca and Elizabeth came in and she's like, you want me to babysit while you guys make out? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, she's like, let's see, I can hang out in this bunker with peter and elizabeth two people i don't know or i can die with all the people i love so what would you Steve?
0: (laughs) i like peter just fine i'd be hanging out with them (laughs) i think me and peter got some stuff in common
1: we could all recite the uh the prayer together the
2: you know the trinity prayer
0: (laughs) i was referring to all the books and i know he's a well-read fellow so we could talk about books maybe
1: yeah (laughs) So in 2020, Jonas and middle-aged Claudia come out of the caves. They have used the passage. Claudia wonders where to go. Jonas gives her the suitcase and tells her to bring it to the bunker near Helge's cabin. Jonas plans to find his mother and Marta, not knowing that Hannah is gone.
0: See, I like this. I, I like this moment a lot. I was like, Hannah, if you could hear your boy now, you'd be very proud. He's, he was coming after you. <laughs> and she thought she was all alone, and you know, I mean, she was. He did kind of diss her, but <laughs> you know, he's concerned about her still. I like that. I, I like this aspect. It made me feel
1: kind of good. Yeah, it is nice. Although, you know, he's not doesn't seem worried about his friends at all. But <laughs> he's got his priorities, I guess.
0: Yeah, his girl and his mom. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright, two hours to the apocalypse. Magnus calls Marta asking her to call him back. Francisca finally gets a text from Peter asking her to come to the bunker. Magnus asks her to wait 30 minutes to see if Katarina and Marta show up.
0: Okay.
1: Cause Francisca and Magnus are OTP. They cannot be they cannot be apart. So where one goes, the other goes. <laughs> That's
0: right. It's not like I'm going to go there and check them out and I'll meet you there. Nope. We've got to go together hand in hand.
1: <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> and, and gross. Okay. So Charlotte and <laughs> Wooler drive together in the car. She has shared some information with him about Noah claiming to be her father and that today will be an a ac- Apocalypse. So Waller, how did you read his facial expressions? Because he all it almost looked like I couldn't tell if he was hysterical or he thought it was funny or all a joke or if he was like all excited and like, I can't believe this is real.
0: Yeah, I kind of thought that uh, <laughs> that he thought Charlotte was kind of nuts. That's that's what I was taking from it, that he just yeah. kind of kind of is in disbelief of what she's telling him. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I read from it that he thinks she's just nuts and that the whole situation is nuts and <laughs> he's just like, I just felt bad about <laughs> burying those barrels. I didn't know all this other crap was happening.
1: Yeah, just the way that it's like yeah, the way that he's trying to summarize everything <laughs> kind of like Claudia did in the car with Egon. So you're saying sure, this old sure. man tried to kill the boy and there's a different boy. You know, so like these summaries they're giving are pretty funny. That's always a
0: great thing to do with a show—is like to have a character kind of explain the plot as they see it. You know what I mean? It's it's a yeah. fun, it's a fun it's a fun trope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Clausen and the power plant and the sheriff's deputies enter the reactor room. Before them is the pooling floor for the old reactor. The man explains that the floor has been sealed. That it's standard procedure. Standard operating (laughs) procedure, SOP, to do this. Sir. (laughs) Clausen insists it must be broken open again.
0: Seems extreme. Seems very extreme in any situation to want to go to a plant and bust up the floor. I mean (laughs) Seems extreme. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. If somebody came to one of our power, somebody came to like one of our wastewater plants, it was like take some jackhammers and tear up the floor there. I just wouldn't know how to respond to that. I mean, I wouldn't take it seriously. Even if it was a police officer, I'd be like, surely you're, you're kidding, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, he says, I want this floor broken up. Now? (laughs) Now. Now. (laughs) Now. So at the Tiedemann house, Claudia calls the station and asks for them to release Alexander. She's all alone at home, dying from cancer. It's very sad. Yep. Suddenly middle-aged Claudia enters the house. They haven't seen each other in 33 years. Regina breaks down at this sudden appearance. She's never understood why Claudia just disappeared one night. Claudia apologizes for leaving her, but says that Regina must come with her right away. Regina is unable to move, though. They embrace. A clock on the wall reads 2.34 p.m.
0: That, that's another beautiful, dark scene. I, I mean, it's a, a, a wonderful scene, not dark. Like, dark is in the name of the show. <laughs> it's Her mom hasn't aged a day since the last time she saw her. That must be quite a mind blower for her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Um, guess they're about the same age here, maybe? Yeah,
0: I think so. No, I think Regina's older, actually. Nah, they're probably about the same age. They both have teenagers. So, yeah. But yeah, I don't really have much to say other than that it it was just a a lovely scene. I don't really have much else to to delve into about that. There. (laughs) I'm stuttering.
1: Yeah, it's kind of... I think I kind of miss season one, Regina, though. Oh like,
2: sure.
1: I mean, in season two, really all Regina's done is sit around and worry, and at least in season one, she got to be pissed off and mad at uh, Ulrich and Katarina. So she had <laughs> her character was a little bit more well-rounded. This, she seems like sad sack Regina here. But, yeah,
0: she's a one-note character. That's true.
1: Yeah. But it's still, it's still a nice moment that, you know, she comes home and you're kind of like, she's dying of cancer, her son just left, her husband's in prison. Things aren't going good for her. So, yeah, it's nice that somebody showed up to rescue her.
0: Yeah, and that she literally rescued her, correct. Because <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what she's going to do. But I don't know. It, it probably is a, a nice um you know sense of not closure but uh just a nice revelation to her that you know because she has no idea what happened to her mom whatsoever and she assumes mm-hmm. that she's dead until bartosh tells her this very day that she's not yeah so I, I mean i don't know if i think if i was regina in this situation i would be thinking that this was my mom coming to take me to heaven because i was about to die mm. <laughs> That's honestly what I would think, because you're seeing your mother as she was 33 years ago. Um, and you think that she's dead. So I'd be thinking, Oh, she's the one who's gonna guide me to like no. the next plane so of existence. Think,
1: so you think <laughs> maybe you think maybe she thought she was like seeing things like a vision?
0: That's what I'm just saying, I don't think so that's what i would have thought if i was in her shoes at that moment and maybe okay. for a, a split second their character did think that like whoa <laughs> this is like the person is going to lead me to you know to heaven here
1: so at the conwald house stranger Jonas stares at the gun sitting on the kitchen table he's on high alert where this gun is concerned
2: <laughs> yes
1: the house is in disarray since hannah disappeared Someone enters the house, and he rises to his feet as if expecting the intrusion. In walks teen Noah. Stranger Jonas remembers him from their last encounter at the Sycamune's lair. He assumes Adam sent Noah. Noah speculates that he's always wondered when Jonas became Adam. Jonas states that he will never do what Adam did, and Noah smugly reports that Adam said he would say that, and the Adam also said they would become friends before <laughs> Jonas betrayed him. And this reunion feels like a showdown. Yes. Jonas and Noah are the ultimate frenemies, both following different leaders. Noah says if you kill him, you kill all hope of salvation. Like his older self with Helge. Noah walks straight into the gun, just like when Helge was like, here's this screwdriver, and Noah's like, do it. You know, right. Noah walks straight into the gun, unafraid. He calls Adam, and therefore stranger, Jonas, the savior. And he hands Jonas a letter that claim, he claims is from Marta, that Jonas must save Magnus, Francisca, and Bartosz, and later he and Agnes. The loop must be closed so that Marta can live. And that means stranger Jonas has to leave the house and give up his post as guardian over the gun.
0: Yes, this is one of the moments that I was confused about what stranger Jonas um, knew, because like when young Noah walked into the house, I was like a little shocked. I wasn't expecting that. And then, like, on my second watch, I realized, well, Jonas wasn't expecting that either, because this is just happening to him for the first time now. So I don't think he knew this was about to happen.
1: What do you mean? I'm sorry. Which which Jonas?
0: Stranger Jonas. At this moment, sitting at the table with the gun, Noah walks in. Young Noah. He okay. was not expecting that. It's not like he was expecting him to walk in. He was expecting Adam to walk in or Martha to walk in. Right, Not not Noah. Um, From Noah's perspective, he knows he gets old. So he has no fear of dying here.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So that's why he's so cocky about walking into the gun. Mm -hmm. Um, The older Noah, I don't know how he was so self-assured. Maybe because of the pages and the cheat notes, like you said. (laughs) The cheat codes that he found. Um, How did this one end? Like Noah...
1: He just basically gives him the letter so that this is not have to leave. But it does really seem like Jonas is genuinely surprised by the letter.
0: Yes. He wasn't expecting this at all. None of this. Yeah.
1: He says this is impossible. So it makes it's enough to make you wonder, did somebody actually change something?
0: Oh, uh, sh- OK, sure. Yeah.
1: Because he, he's so surprised. Um, maybe we can talk about it once the episode finishes.
0: <laughs> OK, all right.
1: Yeah. So across town, we've got a bunch of like very quick scenes here. Across town, yes. Katarina prepares to enter the caves with her new load of supplies. And she actually has the clue now, follow the signal. I didn't say that before, but that's, she mm-hmm. has the map and the globe light. So she has the clue, the same clue that stranger Jonas gave teen Jonas.
0: Yeah. But not the Geiger counter for some reason. Yes.
1: Yeah. Not the Geiger counter. I guess it's, it's, it's busy doing something else. I don't know. In <laughs> 53 Elizabeth takes the opening under the wall to visit the God particle in 1921 adult magnus and francisca equip adam with a suit and a breathing tank and back mm-hmm. in 2020 men drilled through the concrete of the nuclear reactor pool
0: okay i don't have anything to say at this point because we're just getting some some building action here <laughs>
1: yeah. and
0: stuff is about to happen that we can talk
1: about <laughs> okay so inside the bunker young elizabeth sits on the bench with her father She's wearing a red hoodie and a red watch on her wrist. Peter looks at his phone. They hear footsteps coming downstairs. In walks middle-aged Claudia with Regina. Peter seems stunned when he first sees Claudia. He looks at the picture of old Claudia on the board and says, you're her, Claudia.
0: (laughs) I didn't think they looked alike, but I think the show was just trying to tell us that she is officially – Become the old wizened Claudia now. That she's like, she's entered a new phase of her life.
1: Yeah. This is really a weird smattering of people that are inside this bunker, right? Like, it's not.
2: We're weird. Yeah. There's
1: no, there's no teen team. There's no, like, these people have been working together. It's just, like, these random people here. Well, that's
0: how these teams start. You know, they're going to form their own team.
1: <laughs> um Katarina easily finds the Ouroboros handle with the red string. However, she doesn't have the Geiger counter that would allow her to follow the signal. Right. But the, she has. She is now getting farther than she's gotten before. You know, because she she Cause didn't. has
0: got this map. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So she's following in the footsteps of her husband. She's like she's following what Ulrich did because he got to that Ouroboros too and was like, dead end, where do I go? Oh, that's
0: right, that's right. Okay, but she's keeping on going. Okay.
1: The men continue to drill and uncover the first of the yellow barrels. Clausen anticipates what they will find. He's practically dribbling with drool. (laughs) The suspense is really building through these quick cuts, and we then see Charlotte and Waller, accompanied by a third man, walking towards the reactor room. So, Teen Jonas enters the Conwald house. He told Claudia he was looking for his mother, so I suppose he hopes to find Hannah. With Stranger mm-hmm. Jonas gone, the house is now empty, though, and in walks Marta, calling for Jonas. But which one did she expect to find?
0: Oh, <laughs> as prophesized by Bartosh, of course. Yeah. And even, even somebody even told her too. Yeah, Stranger Jonas. Yeah. They made her the promise yeah, think- that she would see Young Jonas. Yeah.
1: I guess she didn't want to see Stranger, you know, because he would have just said, like, what are you doing out of the bunker, young lady? <laughs> <In this horse laughs> right.
0: She'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Marta now stands before her Jonas, the boy of her literal dreams. He starts to tell her what he knows. But she tells him he knows, she knows everything, that she understands why he rejected her in the rain. She touches his face and he closes his eyes in rapture at her touch. She says, we're a perfect match. Never believe anything else. And they kiss exultantly. She is over the incest issue. She doesn't care. She's like, let's just kiss anyway. I don't care. I know everything. And I want to be it anyway.
0: <laughs> She's following her heart. And <laughs> she can kiss this guy. They're age appropriate. So they're okay to kiss each other. And so she does it. And yeah, I think it's neat how she knows everything now. Like she understands that he's the guy from the lake that pushed the issue, and the whole rain talk. And she knows she's the aunt. And even with all that stuff, she's still totally on board with with Jonas. And never believe anything else, Lindsay. It's Jonas and Martha all the way.
1: <laughs> well, they. It's a very powerful scene because. Yeah if you think about it, all of their interactions up until this point, one or more of them have always had to hold back and not really share how they fully felt. Now, the day in 2019 is an exception, like the stuff that happened in episode six, because they actually, you know, that guy went back and she even says, you're the one who Mm -hmm. that day at the lake. She realizes This is the Jonas, you know, because this is the Jonas she fell in love with. Remember, I was saying, like, it wasn't the quiet Jonas. I mean, she liked him. She was interested. But it was this Jonas that was so, like, so locked on her. This was the Jonas she fell in love with.
0: Right. We got four Jonas's, not just three. That's true. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) All right. So this happy... Happy, like passionate kissing is interrupted by Adam who just says, And so the circle closes. It's a very Shut
0: up, Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's a
1: very very and, like you know, Adam and Clausen all took lessons from each other how to sound really annoying. Yes.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> Adam actually is Clausen a traveler, like is he an Adam and Adam Acolyte secretly? Oh uh, Yeah,
0: yeah. I'd be by that. <laughs>
1: so, Adam tries to make a speech about all the pieces being in place, but Jonas expresses his anger that Adam lied. Jonas wants to know why Adam would want the cycle to repeat. Adam says, because what is created today is the beginning of the end, that the dark matter must be created so that in the future it can lead to its new purpose. The Adam is the trigger that will make Jonas into what Adam is today. Sounds like Noah telling his teen self the same thing. And he shoots Marta in the heart.
0: Harsh lesson for the boy, for himself, for the future.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to feel this terrible stuff all over again. This is going to be great. Uh, this episode did did really clear up um, Adam's motives for us. And I hope that the listeners are clued into that as well, that we can see what Adam is trying to do. He's trying to make the apocalypse happen mm-hmm. so that he can start over again. So he's kind of cheering on Klausen and like cheering on all these things happening. And he knew that when he set Jonas free in the past, that he would just help solidify how things were going to go. Um, so yeah, I had some confusion about Adam and I think I'm a little more on board with like, where he's coming from and what his motives are now. Not that yeah. I agree with him, but it's a little more clear.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're not agreeing <laughs> agreeing with him. But it is sort of like, okay, he wants the apocalypse to happen so that he can start over. But does he really? But because I feel like his what he's told Noah is different than what actually he wants. Yeah,
0: because he's kind of guiding Noah, like using Noah,
1: and saying, "Now this parrot, like if we, if we destroy the world and do this, we can save people in the bunker. We can have, you know, paradise. We can all enter into paradise. Everybody that's in the ark or whatever. But I kind of wonder if the ark itself is a ruse, and that he really wants to destroy everything. Not even the people in the ark would survive eventually if Adam had his. Like, he wants uh, oblivion.
0: Yeah, he wants everything to be over, maybe. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's lived through pe- so much pain, he's just ready to be done.
1: Yeah. Well, in a way, it's what Adam uh, Jonas keeps saying. Teen Jonas keeps saying. He's like, I want all this sick shit to be over. You know, what, <laughs> that, one way that could happen is to just destroy everything.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he's just a punk kid. Like, he wants everything to be over, and it's only, he's only yeah. 18. He hasn't even lived his whole lives yet.
1: Adam prophesies that Jonas will carry this pain his whole life until he's ready to let go. It's Adam who circles the date of June 27th on the calendar. Yep. Which we saw on the first episode of this season. And it's the day of the apocalypse, but also the day of Jonas's festering wound. It's almost the birth of Adam. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Adam gives Jonas a choice of stopping him or saving Marta and walks out of the house.
0: Yep, and it looks like he chooses to not put any pressure on the wound, but instead just caress her face. I don't know. He he did a pretty piss-poor job of trying to save, quote-unquote, Martha here.
1: Yeah, I think... I think saving Marta isn't necessarily saving this Marta. It's saving Marta the next time around.
0: Mm, okay.
1: If the world is going to restart, you know, save Marta the next Marta. Like, he can either... Um, he has two choice. Like He's giving them... He's saying, like, you have this choice of stopping me or saving Marta. If you want to save Marta, you can't really um like Jonas has been trying to do both you know he's been trying to stop Adam and save Marta um so I don't know we can, we could we ponder about what those words mean exactly um but I, I don't think it means like save this Marta cause he, she's dead you know he shot her you know the only okay, way that's,
0: that's what I thought he meant it's like yeah. yeah but I was like you're not really doing much to save her there Jonas you're just caressing her face
1: yeah, <laughs> I guess theoretically saving Martha, Martha could mean I'm going to continue on and get the time machine working again, so I can go back and start it over again. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a better explanation right there.
1: So at the Wind and Power Plant, Clausen prepares to open a yellow barrel. Charlotte and Wooler finally enter, trying to stop him. Clausen believes this barrel is his elephant. <laughs> Charlotte assures him it is not. She tells him this has nothing to do with the missing boys, but the past and the future. Clausen orders the opening of the barrels to continue. Inside are these rocks covered in black ooze.
0: The stuff. The black Uh, stuff.
1: Yes. (laughs) And our interlude music begins My Body is a Cage by Peter Gabriel.
0: Back to form. I love this song. Okay. I love love this interlude. I
1: like this song. Oh,
0: of course. It's a classic. Yes. I mean, this one, I don't know. I just, I I like the minor chords and I like the the somber voice. I think like that, that happy clap stomp chorus thing last time around just didn't work for me but i mean i mean clausen must be beside himself right now like just like you said he's like yes i proved it he's probably expecting like kids bodies in those barrels but he knows he found something and he's he's on it he likes it
1: i don't i don't know if he's like they i don't think he wanted to find radioactive waste or like, you know, <laughs> things to blow up the world. I don't think that's what he wanted to find.
0: No, but he found something to justify everything that he's done. So yeah. like if they just bust up that concrete floor and it was just a bunch of concrete, he'd be in trouble.
1: Um yeah, I want to say something about this song real quick before we move on to that. My body <laughs> is a cage. So it's a cool song obviously, but I think it's another one of the songs they chose really well. The lyrics you could really like look deeply into this song. Think about how it relates to some of the characters. Yes. Um, like it talks about the my body keeps me from dancing with the one I love. Elizabeth is not able to be with Charlotte. Um, Adam's body has become a cage because he's been like ransacked by all this radiation, so that keeps him from being with the person he loves, who is still Marta. He still loves her um i'm trying to think if there are other you know katarina would like to be with her son she loves mickle and they're physically separated so there's a, there's a lot of characters in the story that are separated by time and space to be able to be with the person that they love so i just think that the song is powerful for many reasons
0: yeah before the show um I always took this song to be like, um, you know, you're imprisoned by your body and Mm -hmm. like your body is what keeps you here. Like on earth, it's like a, an earth meat suit that you wear to like be able to exist on this plane, but there's more planes than just this. And so your body is just kind of a prison where you have to stay. That's what I always took from the song. Like before, um, I watched it along with, like, Dark. And, of course, with Dark, you attribute it to these characters. Um, but I, I like the uh, the original intent of the song, which is, like, you're just kind of trapped within yourself. And at times, you can, like, be your own, like, worst enemy and your own, like, prison warden, <laughs> like, stopping yourself from doing what you really want.
1: Right. Um. I've also seen it just as an aside, I've seen it used in a show to kind of express how you might feel as a trans person, that oh. your body is being a cage to keep you from like be feeling like sure. you see yourself, that it's you're trapped in this body that doesn't feel like home to you. Which okay. is a, another neat interpretation. But sure. God, like really burnt like, Doppler.
0: Like burnt <laughs> Doppler is um, you know, disabled and he might look at the song in that respect.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, um, okay, so across town, Stranger Jonas bangs on the door of the Nielsen house. Bartosz, Francisca, and Magnus hesitate to let him in. None of them have ever seen Stranger Jonas, so they are freaked out, <laughs> just like Marta was. Bartosz seems to realize it's Jonas and blames the whole situation on him. Stranger Jonas nods his head. Yep, it is all my fault. But <laughs> proceed with setting up the machine. There's not much time before the world explodes. He's here to save them from the apocalypse. Bartosz wants to know where Martha is, which is really sweet. And Jonas just stares him down.
0: Because this stranger Jonas remembers where Martha is. So, yeah, that's a little reminder for us. Yeah, he saw her die. So Mm -hmm. she's she's not coming on this journey with them.
1: Yeah. In 2053, Elizabeth turns on the God particle. In 1921, adult Francisca and Magnus turn some dials on their machine, and the atomic matter inside the barrel in 2020 begins to ripple. So my assumption is that what... Francisca and Magnus do is sort of activate this material inside the barrel. This, what they do somehow activates the, the stuff. Like it was already, it was dangerous, but they kind of made it something a little bit different. And the matter forms like tendrils and becomes a large pulsing sphere, exactly like the others. And the people in yellow suits all stand back.
0: Right. I was wondering, um, you know, how the, the God particle stabilized itself. And I think that's the answer.
1: Right. Okay. Is
0: that's Magnus I mean. and um, Francisca are the ones that helps. Because there's no other reason it would have stabilized itself. Other than either they did it or Elizabeth did it sometime in the future. But I don't think she had any method to do so. She was able to like throw some switches, but I don't think she was able to stabilize it.
1: Mm-hmm. So Katarina studies the map inside the caves, trying to figure out her next step. The matter sparkles, perhaps oozing from the God particle above her, and it forms a pattern leading her to the passage.
0: Yes. Like around now, while me and Heather were watching this show, around this point, when Katerina started doing her thing in the cave, is like when like we noticed outside like the winds were like really picking up. And like there was like a storm that was coming, and like we weren't expecting it, so it was really neat from our perspective, like watching like watching this show, and then like the weather is like outside is like going crazy, and then it continues on as the show continues.
1: Okay, <laughs> were you able to finish the show before the power went out? No, on that watch no, <laughs> it stopped. I'll, t- okay. I'll
0: tell you when it went out. Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Elizabeth opens the pocket watch for Charlotte. Uh, this, is, this is young Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Lights inside the bunker begin to flicker. In walks teen Noah. He looks all of them most deeply at Elizabeth, a hint at their future relationship.
0: <laughs> it's a good thing that Noah didn't um, – old Noah didn't tell young Noah more because he's just walking into the situation fresh He's like, yo, here's some people that are here also. He doesn't know that this is the woman that he's going to, you know, eventually have kids with or a child with. So, like, if he had known that, he might have been like, ugh, some kid. Yuck. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought he did.
0: I don't think so because Noah didn't tell him anything. So I think he went into the whole thing all blind, I thought. We
1: don't, we don't know he told him nothing. I mean, we he might have told him some stuff. Cause Noah's awfully like, hey, you know, like, hey, little girl.
0: <laughs> I guess so, but I'm I'm just going by the assumption that, um, you know, Noah is letting his younger self, yeah, like, live his life as you know he should without interference.
1: Well, when season three starts, you can decide if you think that still
0: holds. Uh oh, uh oh, I have a feeling I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I can't say. Indefin- definitively that you're wrong but I'm kind of I guess I'm thinking about some scenes that happen in season 3 that would indicate that he's being intentional but okay, yeah Okay. alright so in the power plant the god particle becomes a perfectly stable sphere it expands and then shrinks rapidly everyone is just watching this like it's a fascinating circus act mm-hmm. nobody's moving or running away The sphere turns on its side and opens up like a portal between two worlds. Charlotte and Elizabeth see each other through the opening and walk towards one another. They reach out to touch fingers.
0: Now, do you think that act of them touching fingers um, does anything, or is that just incidental? I do. Okay, because I remember like when... um, what was it? Jonas and Helge touched each other, and it yep. like caused like this crazy reaction. Um, yeah, and it seemed like Charlotte kind of at that moment kind of got sucked in, right?
1: Right. So my um, my belief is that when they touched fingers, that Elizabeth did that on purpose to save Charlotte um because Charlotte got they switched okay. bodies now in the case of Helge and Jonas Helge went um he went 33 years in the future and Jonas went 33 years in the future so if if Charlotte is now if that happens again Charlotte went 33 years in the future, and is now in 2053, and Elizabeth is in like 2086 or something. I don't know. So I think she wanted to save her mom. Okay. Um, but it looks it looks very much like either they switch bodies. Um, you know, they switch spots. That makes
0: sense. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. If, um. In the Barnes household as this was going on so we're watching the show winds going crazy everything's going wild and the uh the god particle appears then it shrinks then it appears again and then it turns on its side
2: mm-hmm. and
0: then right before you see anything else happen like that's when our power like went out and me and Heather just kind of looked at each other like, what? Like the timing was just too perfect. And then the lights started flashing in our house. And I was like, oh, so Jonas is going through the tunnel right now, I guess. I mean, it was bizarre. We, we ended up losing power for um, for more than 24 hours at that time. But it was just such a kismet moment that happened like during this show, during that specific time that like a big storm happened in, in our neighborhood and it blew our power out for like more than 24 hours. We finished watching on my phone is what we did. Um, Cause like once we figured out the power was out and we like fiddled with a bunch of stuff, you know, it was like, Oh, let's just finish watching on my phone. We've got like eight minutes to go. So that's what we did.
1: <laughs> I've never done that before. So what's it like watching Netflix on your phone?
0: You can kind of see the details pretty good. Because you can take the phone and like put it right up to your face. So you would think that like things would like be small and you would kind of not see details well, but you can kind of make out details almost better, like on your phone. And it's easier to read the, uh, the text on the bottom of the screen because it's giant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the apocalypse begins. Stranger Jonas encourages Magnus, Francisca, and Bartosz to step forward towards the machine as it boots up. Bartosz demands to know where they are going. And Jonas says nothing.
0: <laughs> Classic Jonas. Come on. <laughs>
1: <What> <laughs> no words
2: getting- of
0: <laughs> Well, you should not just say anything. It's like, we're either this or death. Which do you choose, Bartosz? Bartosz. <laughs> <laughs>
1: In 1921, adult Magnus and Francisca go to hold hands. We wonder why they never left Adam, especially if they had the ability to travel. Well, not we. I wonder why I'm like watching this and going, oh, remember sweet Magnus and Francisca? You know, why are they hanging out with old crusty Adam? You know, they could go anywhere.
0: Because Magnus is super loyal. He's a super cool, loyal dude. And he wants to be buds with his old bud. That's all there is to it.
1: And he gives awesome hugs, although we don't see any of that happening. (laughs) 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 Okay, so the black blob covers the power plant and blasts out. At the Conwald house, the world begins to shake. Jonas doesn't move, though, but then another Marta walks in. She's got shorter hair bangs and a dystopian appropriate outfit. (laughs) She says, I'm not who you think I am. She takes a golden globe out of her bag. It looks very steampunk and golden compass. (laughs) He asks what time she's from. She says, the question is not from what time, but from what world. Jonas Mm -hmm. looks back at his Marta once more. He doesn't want to abandon her, but just then he has no choice because the world explodes.
0: Yes. Like (laughs) he gets saved too. So we get young Jonas gets saved and then old Jonas gets saved. And I was, I was almost thinking like, as the town was getting ready to blow up before Marta saved him, this crazy alt Marta with the cool bangs. She's cool. Um, (laughs) Like I was wondering if maybe young Jonas might, might've died here. And then he just becomes stranger Jonas because it seems like there's like this big block of time, 33 years, as a matter of fact, between these two guys. And there's a big question mark as to what happens in those 33 years. So it seems like it'd be appropriate with the show if this if young Jonas just died right here or disappeared. And then he in turn becomes the older Jonas who goes and time travels with his cool crew. His cool crew. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he gets rescued by this kooky alt Martha, and this is like like I was saying. It's it's a very strange ending, a very strange um, twist of events. I know they have to lead it into a different direction it was odd nobody's expecting this we didn't see this time machine on adam's wall when he was talking about all the different time machines they could do so like i'm wondering if this is something that even is adam even aware of this or is adam slash Jonas just becoming aware of this now uh, season three
2: baby <laughs> season three
1: yep because
0: <laughs> that is the last scene of the show is that correct
1: yeah, like he she says. Question is not from what time, but from what world. Jonas stands up, looks at Marta, and then he stands up, and then you see the Conwald House being engulfed in black flames or black atomic blasts. You know.
0: So yeah, okay. Is this time we can start asking our questions? Like, can I ask you some <laughs> questions now? Because I'm confused. Was- okay. I'm a little confused at this point. There's a bunch of things I want to know. I mean, of course, season three is going to answer most of them.
1: I'll just say season three. For okay.
0: Everything I say is season three. Okay. So, Katarina, we end with her like on a big cliffhanger. She opens the door and we don't see anything else. So, we know that she must be going to either 1954 or 1987.
2: hmm Because
0: she only has those two choices with that portal, at least in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have charlotte we determined that she was probably sucked into the portal now here's the, re- the a thing that we had alluded to before and i i guess i'm speaking out of ignorance here so elizabeth and her future elizabeth like crew or whatever like all those people and the future girl and her crew and she's like everybody has to get hung Nobody goes in that place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was under the assumption that she was, you know, like a sergeant and that there was a colonel somewhere that was giving her orders. I don't think that's the case. I think that she's well aware of she's Elizabeth. Okay. (laughs) She's like the little girl. So she's pretty aware of this bunker and she's pretty aware of time travel and all this other stuff so I wonder if Elizabeth has been like selfishly like guarding this secret of her own accord and like, she's the one that's like ordering people to die and not go in there and mess with the God particle. Um, I don't know why maybe she sees it as like a key to like her family or something. We know she loves her family because she like goes back and looks at all our old treasures and stuff. Yeah, and it seems like she made a decision today. That morning, she woke up, she went to that tree, she got all her stuff, she got her hat, she got her pictures, and then she made her way over to the God particle to do something. So it's like she woke up and made a decision that morning Mm -hmm. to to do something with the God particle. So she's known about it this whole time and even knows how to throw the switches and stuff. So she's the evil colonel,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think we get to see, you know, we get to see more of her story in season three. That's Um, what you said you would say, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think that there's nobody here that's currently giving her orders.
0: So she's like, the one that's like hang that she, person, hang that person, etc.
1: Well, I don't think <laughs> she's all like hang that person, but she wants to keep the god particle, keep it from being tampered with or messed.
2: Mm-hmm. Cuz gotcha.
1: there may, you know, maybe she's hoping somebody will return via the god particle one day. Yes. And so she's like I have to keep this kind of like claudia claudia wanted to keep the secrets of the cave intact mm-hmm. and elizabeth is doing the same thing here like i have to kind of i'm the guardian of the god particle
0: cool okay yeah that just made you look at elizabeth a lot differently this episode i guess
1: why did it think, um, think of her differently as opposed to what you thought of her before
0: um anybody that makes a decision that you know if you go in there the penalty is death and i'm the executioner who will kill you if you do that that's basically what she's doing that's a pretty extreme <laughs> stance to take that i, I can't 100 percent get on board with and that's not what i will expect from my lovely elizabeth <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see from here i i see you asked a couple burning questions um i can answer one of them you said what happens to bartosh he time traveled with stranger Jonas.
1: <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> that's, that's what he does, but it's just the same way like you said with everybody else what where did Yeah, you- what
0: becomes of him from here right
1: yeah that whole group magnus francisca Jonas, bartosh yeah like, we, are they all gonna be they're all gonna be like a found family now you know like fast x you know fast and the furious <laughs> <laughs> <Family IQ. laughs> yeah
2: That's,
0: i can answer one of your questions you said uh, this i could really answer you said will alexander ever see his family again no he's <laughs> dead <laughs> i think he died in the blast <laughs>
1: Steve, you're, I feel like you're Rickrolling me. This the end of even my question. These are questions um, for other people. Like,
0: well, I mean, I don't, I don't know,
1: know. I just and Alexander would never see his family again. You know, you're like giving away spoilers for everybody.
0: I'm, that's not a spoiler for anybody. I mean, I know everybody in Wyndon died except for the people that time traveled or were in the bunker, and Alexander was neither, as far as I knew.
1: Well, how do they know? How do people know Alexander didn't time travel? for all they know he could have woken up in season 3 and been magically transported because okay. of the secrets of Claudia so
0: i mean yeah he did kind of mysteriously appear in 1986 so you never know okay all right all right all
1: right a, he could have his own suitcase in uh that he keeps in his pocket like a mini <laughs> I think the big questions that people want to will wonder about is this marta you know Martha, yes who's this, who's this marta person she says I'm not who you think I am which is kind of a weird statement to say when it's like well who do who who do you think I think you are uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know because it, she looks like marta but is she like a new character or a clone of marta or somebody that like well, Adam's engineered to look like Martha. Oh, okay. Jonas. I mean,
0: that's a good question. I, I just assumed that she was an alternate reality Martha, just like she's she kind of said, like there's different worlds, which yeah. that makes total sense to me. Like when you talk about time travel, it seems yeah. perfectly feasible that if there's time travel, then there's got to be alternate realities as well tied in with that. Um, so that that's I mean, I'm I'm dang curious to see where it goes from here, and to see you know what might have happened to like. Wonder what she thought of like that dead body on the ground. If she was aware that that's like an alternate version of her, you know, it's got to be yeah. weird. Yeah,
1: she almost didn't. It was almost like how Claudia came in and Michael doesn't look at her, and it was almost like she didn't yeah. even look at the the body yeah. or say <laughs> like, I know you. I know. I mean, at least like when Jonas went to see Claudia, when she was upset, he stops and says, "I know what you did." And Claudia told me he kind of comforts her. Like Marta is just like doesn't say like I know you heard about her, but you must come. She's like doesn't even acknowledge that there's like a body on the ground.
0: This is tough, guy, Martha. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's dressed tough. She's dressed in black. And she's got those cool bangs and the black hair.
2: Mm So
0: um, I'm more drawn to Magnus than ever, for whatever reason, like in this episode, I don't know why, like, he didn't do anything special this episode. And he's not even like a main character. He's just like, you know, like these side characters that just have like maybe one or two objectives. I mean, I guess his is to I don't know. I don't know just kind of fill in the blank where it needs to be filled in I suppose but it's just something about the guy like I he's a questionable character because he does some weird stuff but he's also redeemable and it seems like he's growing as a character like the other characters are all growing in obvious ways but he's like a side character that I think we see that like grows in very subtle ways like we've seen him like kind of fly off the handle a few times but um, I don't know I'm starting to get drawn to Magnus for whatever reason. That's all there is to it. Bottom line.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. Hey, I, I've always loved Magnus, but I found it hard to like want to get close to him after the whole beat bombardage scene. Like, that sort of mm-hmm. dampened my Magnus adoration at the time, I remember.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, people do things off the handle sometimes. They fly off the handle. They get out of pocket and then they, they redeem themselves. I think I think Magnus did that. <laughs> I mean, Bartosh doesn't hold any ill will against Magnus right now, so we shouldn't either.
1: That's <laughs> true. That's
0: true. So, Nan, do you want to do our our best and oh not our best, our favorite and least favorites from the season? You ready to do that?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and do it.
0: I got mine locked and loaded. How about you?
1: I'm locked and loaded as well. I'm like, right. I'm drawing the hatchet here. I'm like making a decision.
0: Who goes first? We're going to rock, paper, scissors it. You want to go first? Sure. I'll say, I'll say ladies first.
1: Okay. So my favorite character is going for this season because we're doing episode time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, it was kind of a tough one, but mm-hmm. I am the end. I decided to go with Noah.
0: Noah, surprise! Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. What I like about Noah is I feel like talk about evolution. This is a character that I feel really turned us around on who he was. Yeah. And, and season one, he's like he comes across as this like serial killer type
2: yeah
1: <laughs> stealing kids bullying hell gay um uh what's i think the word grooming grooming hell gay
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, to to do these things and you just sort of get this impression of mm-hmm. noah as being like this main villain and yes. through season two you come to see him as what he most despises which is a puppet You know, he keeps talking about Claudia being, uh, or Stranger Jonas being Claudia's puppet, and that, you know, blindly following somebody. And he sort of, he wants to be a person that has, like, thought through these things and is all enlightened, but he has to come to appreciate by the end that he's been fooled. By Adam, and even at the end, he's just he's like betrayed by Adam and his sister, and you you come to really feel for the guy.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, good call. It's a very good call. I'd forgotten how creepy I thought he was in the first season.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: He probably he probably got my least favorite many times. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. But he's always been a great character, like the way that he talks to people like his way of processing things and interacting with people, the way he would interact with Mickle and be able to kind of guide him, like guide him through his faith journey for lack of a better term. So it's just, um, he's just obviously a very compelling, compelling character, but I just feel like throughout season two, he is, yeah, he's just, we see him in a completely different light so my character is Noah. So who did you have for your favorite character, Steve?
0: Well, I'll tell you who it wasn't. It what I, I was strongly leaning towards um, the star of the show, stranger Jonas. It's kind of who I was um, kind of leaning towards when I first started thinking about this. I mean, cause I'm, you know, I'm fascinated by the guy. I really am. And I'm drawn to him. Um, but this season, like every episode Katarina shows up, she really like, she really wins for me. And for that reason, I want to give it to Katarina, the underdog, another surprise, just be, just for the, for the actress herself, because the, I think, I think that she, her acting is like above probably half the other cast and all honesty. Um, just the way that she conveys her different emotions and the way she doesn't just stick to one emotion. She's not a one note player. Um, she's kind of all over the place and it's funny when she's a bully and it's funny when she like, you know, yells and stuff. And like I have to take that into account, like my own personal like enjoyment of like watching these characters. Cause I like stranger Jonas a lot. But he doesn't exactly like win my heart. He doesn't exactly like make me laugh or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, whereas Katarina does all those things for me. So this season, Katarina really won it for me.
1: See, I predicted this, Steve.
0: Yeah? Yeah, it
1: was, it was, written, it was written in the book. I was like, he's going to be happy. You've talked so much about Katarina this this season and how how much you enjoy her character. Yep. So, um, before, before I go to my least favorite character, I just want to say that I feel like this season in general, in it, it, was one of the reasons it was tough. Wasn't because there were so many contenders. I feel like this season had some clear, um, characters that are like the clear people that develop are the main focus. And those four characters are Egon Noah, Claudia, and Jonas, and so those are sort of our main players for this season in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but my least favorite character is going to be of this season is going to be Adam.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, I want to be
1: very, I want to be very specific. I'm not talking about Jonas. I'm talking about Adam.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: As a manifestation of who Jonas becomes. Um, I find him his whole character this season has just annoyed me every time he comes in. Yep. I don't like the way he talks. <laughs> I don't like the way he talks to his younger self. I don't like him. I don't I just um, the only thing, the only thing I can say that's nice about him is he has, nice tailored suits that he, he's, you know, he keeps his appearance <laughs> <He does. dapper. laughs> very much a Bond villain. You know, the only thing he's missing is a cat on his lap. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I every time I see him, I just cringe.
0: I hear you. He, you know, my least favorite is not Adam. I wrote down because my inclination was to give the favorite to Stranger Jonas least favorite to Adam. Mm -hmm. But then upon like thinking about it further, you know, Adam does he annoys me greatly, especially (laughs) his speeches. Like they're really bad. I think most of the speeches he can give to Noah and Noah would nail them better. I was thinking (laughs) about that when you're talking about Noah, I was like, yeah, he's his speeches are more entertaining and more fun than Mm -hmm. Adams by far. But for me, I mean, I'm, you were talking about, you know, you named off like four people that were the main players. And, you know, clearly there's bad people in this show. Um, you know, Adam and obviously Hannah. Um, she should probably win it too. But the, the f- most fun person to hate on this show is our boy, Clausen. So I'm giving it to Clausen for the whole season. This season dud. It's him. Cause he's he's fun to hate. You know? Like Hannah like annoys me and like Adam Adam just annoys me too. But Klausen, I get I get like glee out of like his annoyance. Like, I don't know. There's something about him that just annoys me so much that I love it. I, I wanna see more of him just so I can like groan and talk about how much I hate him. So I'm sorry to see him go at the end of the season.
1: That's so funny because I remember before we were talking about um, like we didn't want to waste our awards on clock. Yep. <laughs> they were like, they were we were like, yeah, he's annoying, but but he's not important enough in the story. But over the weeks, I feel like he's you he's he's won you over with it. You should hate it more. <laughs>
0: well with this episode he won me over like jackhammering that concrete up I mean what a stupid move I mean how else are you going to win my least favorite character than to do some donated crap like start the apocalypse accidentally (laughs) you
1: know but you were were prepped by you were prepped for it by his treatment of Alexander last week too
0: yeah yeah that's true I was (laughs) (laughs) That's right. He was making me so angry. (laughs) (laughs) But, yep, that's our people. Um, That's our season, Lindsay. Um, What is this? We we finished season two, season two, episode eight. We did it. This is great.
1: Yeah, we've done 18 episodes out of
0: 26.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm like, uh, my math is obviously not working so well, but <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're way, we're way past the halfway point and eight episodes left for season three.
0: That's right. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I, I don't like the fact that we're taking this break for wheel of, why did wheel of time have to start now? Cause I'm really, <laughs> the end of this episode really begs you to like, watch the next episode. It really does. I don't know how I'm going to go for two months without watching season three. Can we have a discussion right now? Can we just go ahead and just binge season three and then come back and and do our recaps? Or do we have to be sweet children and, and do it the right way?
1: Well, obviously for me to write my recaps, I'm going to have to watch the episodes. So if you're asking for my permission to watch season three, I don't I wouldn't keep you away from that. If nothing That's else, mm. it'll make you. If nothing else, it'll make you a better. Uh, it'll make you a better recapper because you'll be like. You'll be more edgy, you know, educated. I guess
0: so, but like I kind of like not knowing the things from week to week and like pontificating about it. I don't know. I'm in. I'm in a hard spot yeah. here.
1: I mean, you keep you keep me like honest about that too like when I like accidentally jump ahead you like send me the warning sign so it's probably <laughs> good but I understand how I guess you could say you could say that like okay, I'm gonna binge it and watch it all and crowd it knowing you won't be able to fully digest everything um, and then you'll be going back to like more fully immersed hmm. Detail. so that's one way you could you could look at it um, but I'll let, leave you I'll let your conscience be your guide
0: <laughs> okay maybe like a future Steve will show up and guide me on the way <laughs> or something I don't know that's true but where do we go from here next week we're going to begin our coverage of Wheel of Time season 2 which I am very excited about that I love covering shows as they're being aired so this will be fun for me And make sure to subscribe and follow us so that you can keep up with us and you'll be right on board with us in November when we begin Dark Season 3. We got to do it, Lindsay, because nobody else has done it. It's up to me and you now to to, to, to complete recap in Season 3 of Dark. but yeah, I think we gave our plugs at the beginning. I'll give them again, sweetshotoftimepod at gmail.com. We love letters and we love people following us on Instagram at time Pod and at one of my stories. And Lindsay's recaps are over there at one of my or you can find her on YouTube or on Instagram or follow her podcast. Because she does more than just dark. She does lots of movies and stuff. Um I'm ready to wrap it up, Lindsay. You got anything else to bring up before we go?
1: Nope. I am ready for us to wrap up this season ender.
0: Alrighty. Well, I hope all our listeners always find water and shade. May you always find water and shade. And Lindsay, may you always find water and shade. And I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to think of something, a third thing. (laughs) Water and shade and an effing penny to lead you to season three. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well thank you very much and I hope you find water shade and milk that is not spoiled.
0: Yum, thank you. <laughs> Good night, Lindsay. Bye everybody.